It's May 31st. 2023 i am at Joel pearl it's time to get in the weeds we got big announcements we've got people trying to use our namesake against us we've got people coming on to talk about wonderful shows they're a part of and we have previews we have so much stuff to get in the weeds about today jeremy lambert's here as always jeremy how are you doing joel i don't know if you can read but if you can't read for those who only listen and they don't look Stay tuned later on this show right here in the weeds. We'll say 11.59, one minute before we wrap. 11.59 a.m. Eastern, everybody. Big announcement. Huge announcement. Quite possibly the biggest announcement in In the Weeds history. Uh, there, how, I don't even know what this announcement is. No this is knows. a very big announcement. I, and, I'm, and people are probably going to be in the comments just be like, he totally knows. No, I legitimately have no idea. So uh, I'm, I'm excited. Joel, for yes, you Jim. to know what this announcement is, I would need to know what this announcement is. Gotcha. I see what we're doing here. No, I, I do. Mean, I do legitimately. I do legitimately. I have a big announcement at the end of the show pertaining to Friday's show. All right. Friday's show pertaining to Friday's show. I have a big announcement at the end of the show to make regarding Friday's show. And then stay tuned to Friday's show when I make another big announcement regarding next week's show. Big announcement, everybody. Big announcement. So you got an announcement today at the end of the show, and then you have another announcement on Friday pertaining to the announcement that is at the end of today's show. Yes. And then the announcement at the end of today's show yeah, will be Friday show. The Friday I got an announcement about next Monday's show, and then Monday's show I might have an announcement about this past Monday show, and then this past Monday I don't know for those who tuned in there was an announcement about the show that we're doing in 2025, and then the 2025 announcement has to do with the 2019 announcement. Did you get all that? Yes. Follow up question. I know we're not allowed those. Where will this be streaming? Great question, Joel. Can't comment on that right now. But if you stay tuned to In the Weeds on the July 31st, 2024 episode, I will make an announcement regarding the streaming of this announcement. Did you say July 31st, 2024? Yeah. It's actually a Wednesday. You you nailed it. I know. I You act like I'm just riffing here and I haven't planned anything. Joel, everything's planned. Everything is meticulously detailed on this show. We have layers. Uh, Hey, by the way, how about you layer us up with some thumbs up? How's that? You can go, go ahead, toss us a like on the video while you're here. If you're, uh, if you're, if you're so inclined, hit that subscribe button and the bell, tap it, get your notifications because every time we go live or every time we drop a video, which by the way, is like more than once a day here on Fightful Overbooked, you can be the first to see it. And the first to comment on it. I think that's pretty sexy. I, people want to be the first for everything, right? They want the news. They want all the scoops. We give them scoops. Our interviews get scoops now. We're scoopsers. I mean, that's true. Yes, we are kind of scoopsers. It's, it's really sad. Um, didn't want to be a scoopster. I, was, I got yelled at for being a fake scoopster a long time ago. Uh, so I got out the scoops game. And now I actually, I don't think we're real scoopsters. I mean, we don't get, we don't, you know, get the notes that Sean Ross Sapp gets or anything. But our interviews do get a little bit of scoops. Dropping a big story at noon Eastern today on Fightful.com. 
that people are going to quote tweet and be like, why is this news? Well, it's news because I wrote it, dorks. I love it. I'm here for the dorks. I am the dork. If you tuned in to In the Weeds, you would already know what this story is. You would know what this story is. Oh, this is one of those stories. Okay, I'm yeah. excited for that. Uh, yeah, we, we have become slowly uh, become scoopsters. We, uh, we ask the questions of all the people, and we get the big news. We get Gangrel telling us all the, all the scoops. We get That's the, uh, story. That's the story at noon today, a Gangrel scoop. Oh, I know exactly which story yeah. this is, and I'm very excited for it. Hell yeah, let's go. <laughs> oh, people, y'all are going to love this story. Go find it on Fightful.com at noon Eastern. Uh, today, we've got at 10.30 a.m. Eastern, so that's in about 25 minutes, Megabyte Ronnie's going to be joining us. Uh, Ronnie is... I, I want to be kind to him. Because I, I don't feel... I feel weird calling him a former professional wrestler, because he did announce his retirement. Um, however, as it is in wrestling, it doesn't you know, always have to stay that way. But Ronnie did recently announce that he is going to be stepping away from the ring. Uh, he's also a, a competitive eater, for those who don't know. And on top of that, he has been a part of this season's Dark Side of the Ring. So we're going to be talking to him about literally all the things I just said and more at 10.30 Eastern. And then at 11.25 a.m. Eastern, Matt from Shining Wizards, and of course you see him on Bread Club here on Fightful Overbooked. He's going to join us and we're going to talk about New Japan Dominion. We're probably going to talk about all things New Japan because it feels like New Japan's kind of looking past Dominion and looking more towards, or I guess not looking past, but they've got their all-together show first, don't they? No, Dominion is this Sunday. Then when is the all-together show? All-together is like June, June 9th. So it's the weekend after, or a few days after. Yeah. Okay, well, my point was is that if you go on the socials for New Japan, they're doing a lot of promotion for the All Together show, All Together Again, than they are for Dominion by the looks of it. That's kind of what I was getting at. Okay. So, well, we'll talk about that a little bit. I, yeah, I was a little thrown off because they do the whole, they don't do the traditional, like, join us on Sunday, June the 9th. They, they just put, like, six, nine, nice. And th- that's how they do it. They put the, le- the number dates and that's it. So, it gets a little confusing. But anyway, Matt's going to join us. Uh, he is a wealth of knowledge when it comes to all this stuff. So we're going to get his brain and his thoughts on everything New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, Jeremy, we got some time before Ronnie joins us at 1030. Uh, we, you know what, Let, let's start with last night's NXT because there was a couple things that happened that I found were pretty interesting. Uh, they're starting to make use of the free agents in WWE, the people who were not drafted. A couple of them showed up last night, Mustafa Ali being one of them. He showed up during uh, the, the West Lee match. He uh, looks like he wants that North American championship or at least a shot at it. And then to the shock of many, at the end of the night, after Carmelo Hayes successfully defended his NXT championship against Noam Dar, out came Baron Corbin. And I really hope that he tells Carmelo Hayes to go back to Ring of Honor when they have their eventual <laughs> title match. <laughs> How do you feel about the, the, the free agents getting some love over on NXT now? I love it. Big breakfast, baby. Big breakfast. Baron Corbin's out there. I'm all for it. Look, man, Corbin's just, he's, he's, he's DOA on the main roster, right? He's had the big losing streak. He got that big pop in like France when he won, which was great. Uh, But otherwise, like he's just getting beat at every turn. They tried the JBL thing with him. That didn't go anywhere. Like he just gets beat. I think Corbin's a great performer. By the way, he throws himself into all of these roles. Good wrestler. He is a very WWE guy when it comes to this stuff. 
And there's nothing wrong with that, by the way. Um, I think he's a great performer. I think his best stuff was kind of an NXT when he was just junking down on the indies where he's like, yeah, these indie dorks, they're terrible. I didn't do all that. I went to the NFL. Just came in here. They saw me and immediately they were like, this guy, he's got, I need to bust my ass on the indies. That's stupid. You guys are dumb for working in front of 20 people for a hot dog and a handshake. Me, I'm out here really grinding legally, maybe illegally. Boxing, NFL, WWE saw something in me. That was the best gimmick he's ever had. Bring that back in this NXT run. He had that Dream Crusher shirt. That was pretty sweet. I want Corbin beating all the indie dorks. And sorry, guys, I, there's nothing wrong with you guys. I want Corbin beating all the indie dudes. I don't want indie people beating me up. We got a lot of indie people on this we, show. We talk to a lot of those guys and girls. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm going to get beat up now from all the wrestlers instead of you. I want Corbin beating up all the indie guys and like forming an NIL group and like putting them over. This guy here, he was a track athlete, you know, ran straight into the WWE. Next WrestleMania headliner. This woman here, gymnast, gold medalist. Now she's going to work and flip circles around all these people. I want to to put together an NIL group, lead them, and then, you know, just bury all these indie people. Like, I know you're not used to seeing this many people in the crowd, but hey, here's what a real audience looks like, everybody. That's all we need. Give me big banter, baby. Big banter, Baron Corbs. Let's go. I don't I don't hate the things you said. By the way, that uh, Dream Crusher shirt was a violent gentleman's shirt, not one of his own. But if they no. do uh, but if they do one similar to that and they start calling Baron Corbin the Dream Crusher, maybe that was him trying to will it into existence. And if it is, I'm all about it. The NIL honestly, I don't hate the NIL idea. I don't hate because these are a bunch of professional athletes just like Corbin coming in, taking a shot at WWE, and he can be like why do you, you don't need to spend all that time out there, you know, busting your ass on the indies. You, you're D1 stars. You're NFL diamond elite. And you decided to come here as you should. Uh, one of those, by the way, was on Raw this past week. A lot of people looking at Big Body Javi as that uh, in that tag team against Indu Cher. Uh, the other guy, by the way, was Kevin Ventura Cortez, who is a former uh, football player. Former NFL, I think it was, they call him like a diamond draftee. I don't know what that means. Maybe you do. But uh, either way, he's he's part of the NIL program. He could be a guy that they're trying to set up as uh, maybe, uh, maybe a heavy for someone. Maybe he's going to be under the Baron Corbin umbrella, but he should probably not dress like Matt Hardy first before he does that. <laughs> he looked good, though. He took a lot of bumps. That was his first televised appearance, as far as I could tell. But uh, he had done stuff with the... Uh, the coconut loop for NXT. So he's done a couple of matches, just uh, little things in front of live crowds. We need the dream crusher thing works too, because Corbin should be like, yeah, all you dorks, your dream. I want a main event WrestleMania. Oh, I grew up watching this. I watched Shawn Michaels matches. I love working with HBK crushing them all. Like, you know what this guy did? He was out working. He was out being an athlete, a real athlete in front of thousands at the track or on the football field. They they didn't have they didn't have these these uh WWE aspirations. They were here because they're one in a million, not because they grew up and they saw WrestleMania 
And they were like, oh, I think I can do this. No, you dorks can't do this. No, leave it to the professionals. Leave it to the real athletes out here. Not your little indie spots. Canadian Destroyer, Canadian Destroyer, super kick. That's the promo I need from Big Banter, baby. Let's go. Senior Nerd says there's like three people in the indies right now. Carmelo Hayes was on the indies. He was a uh, Christian Casanova before he uh, joined WWE. So their champion is literally an indie guy. Wesley, an indie guy. Dragon Lee, indie guy. Like one of the top guys in NXT right now. Are you calling Triple A independent? I mean, all right. Like it, it, Dragon Lee worked New Japan. That's an indie fed. All those guys suck. Can't lace MJF <laughs> boots. MJF over here. Yeah, Tyler Bate, Ilya Dragunov. Uh, yeah, there's of, plenty of indie dudes. Dijak. Yeah, Dijak. They've, they've gotten better, admittedly, yeah. over the last couple of years. Of uh, f- Well, first of all, when okay, I think one thing that, that people – gloss over when talking about 2.0 when it started was that they were using a lot of indie talent to work programs with these new signees who had no on-air wrestling experience so guys like Braun breaker were working with tommaso champa because champa has been in the business for 15 years champa has the experience breaker doesn't so champa was there to elevate breaker and you know arguably did a pretty good job of that for nxt uh so They've kind of balanced things out again. You see someone like the Creeds, they didn't have the experience. Now look at what they're doing. Eddie Thorpe is another one people are talking about, the former Carl Fredericks in New Japan Pro Wrestling. So there are there are there is a wealth of indie talent. Um I I would argue after <clears throat> excuse me, after this past week's battlegrounds, they're trying to turn a little bit of a corner in NXT for better or worse, depending on how you uh, enjoy their product. Not everything's going to hit. That's just the reality of professional wrestling. Not every story is going to hit. Not every match is going to hit. But they're doing a lot of things right down there. And I'm hoping um, people start giving them a little bit more of a chance. Some stuff is still hokey as hell. The uh, the segment they did in the back with Cora Jade sitting in the women's locker room with all the girls around. It looked like Saved by the Bell 2023 where they're just in the girls locker room just chatting it up. And just the acting is not great. The acting is not great. That's all I need to say. And stuff like that. Singing? Did did Screech come in there dressed up as a, a janitor with the mic the broom as a microphone and they, they get him singing? Who would do that scene? Would I Tank Ledger would be great for that. <laughs> I, sure, if you say so. If you say it's Tank Ledger, I'm gonna believe it, it's Tank Ledger. Sure. Anyway, they um yeah, the acting's not the acting's not great. Danny Palmer doing the uh I can't take it anymore. I need to reveal who this woman is who's attacking all these stars like my friend. And then, of course, Blair Davenport comes out, <laughs> first of all, to the surprise of no one. That's fine. But even better was the way that Vic Joseph uh, sold it. He sold it like Stryker selling Christians back. Remember, it was Todd, uh, Todd Grisham. It was Todd. It was just like, it's, it's Christian. It was the same thing. Just Blair Davenport. Blair Davenport was behind the attacks and Booker T does nothing to try and salvage it. He's just like, oh, she's back. <laughs> That's it. So anyway. Booker T was checking on his TGI Friday's order. Didn't notice that Blair Davenport was even back. I mean, good on Blair Davenport. You know, she was, I think Ella, uh, our pal Ella J asked about Blair Davenport yep. during the, the media call. And Shawn Michaels was like, oh, you know, that's going to be her decision. 
and everything. And clearly she decided she was going to beat people up in a parking lot and make her return. So good on her. It's good work. If you can get it, Blair Davenport's a nice little addition to the women's division. They got talent in the, on the women's division and you know, we'll see where they go with this uh, mystery attacker angle. And now that the mystery has been revealed, because a lot of times after they reveal the mystery, they ain't got much to follow up with it. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm remembering last night. They do a segment with uh, Frank and tank and or sorry, Hank and tank. They call him Frank. The, no, never, not important. Hank and tank. They do a backstage segment. It's an old school movie. It is actually. I'm thinking of something else, but anyway, uh, they do they do a segment backstage where they're they're doing the finishing each other's sentences slash like on the count of three, name your favorite this, name your favorite that, and then at one point they say what's your favorite food, and they both say chicken parm, and I just realized, I just remembered that was the Booker T order that he mentioned on his podcast. <laughs> so they're very clearly it was a little rib on Booker T. That's very funny. Uh, so little things like that make me make me laugh. Um, yeah, Blair Davenport coming back is a good uh, is a good get. I'm glad that she's back. We'll see where that lands because right now Tiffany Stratton is your champion, and Blair Davenport is closer to being aligned with Tiffany than anything else. So uh, I don't know who who's going to be that first uh, contender for Tiffany. Who's going to get a Tiffany they're, right to the face? They're doing the battle royal next week, right? So whoever yep. wins that battle royal is going to be the first. Thanks, Jeremy. I'm looking for a name. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that. I just told you. I just told you who it was going to be. The winner of the battle royal will face Tiffany Stratton. There you go. You're welcome, everybody. <laughs> Breaking news over here. I see Thea Hale in the chat. I actually like that. She was the first one to get in and... Uh, Try and bust some skulls. I wouldn't mind Thea Hale. Give her a shot. She's not going to win. It's the first championship opportunity. So you may as well make it. How do you know? How do you know she's not going to win? When was the last time somebody was a champion and immediately dropped their title? Other than Wardlow in the TNT title. What's the last time? Maybe Powerhouse Hobbs. And then then Wardlow again. (laughs) Imagine if he had lost that ladder match. Oh, my God. We would have gone on that for days. That would have been hilarious. It would have been, actually. Yeah, would have been hilarious. CM Punk, how many successful title defenses did he have? <laughs> Two-time champion, zero defenses. That is that's success, right there. There you go, CM Punk. He he immediately lost the title. He didn't even hold that title for like an hour before he lost it. It's a very strange thing. I can't even <laughs> tell you. Anyway, I I, uh, I quite enjoyed NXT this week. I can't say that every week, but it was an enjoyable episode. I like Baron Corbin coming back. Mustafa Ali actually got a lot of people excited. Him going after the North American Championship is uh, is a great, great get because we know the type of match it's going to be. Him and Wes Lee, take out Tyler Bate. Maybe do a match with Tyler Bate and Mustafa Ali for number one contendership. Have Ali win and then do a one-on-one with Wesley. Um, I'm fine with that. How do you feel about Ali making his presence known in NXT for a change? I like Ali in, in NXT because he's another guy. He's not as like gone on the main roster as Baron Corbin because fans still root for Ali, but they like Ali's where he's at in WWE, right? Like they gave him the shot against Gunther and they had a good match. Ali plays his role perfectly. Ali, another guy, much like Corbin, of like he's going to throw himself into any role. Ali's a lot more likable than Corbin, and that's why people like root for him and want him to be pushed. And you know, he's a he's a better wrestler than than Baron Corbin, especially to the audience that is going to be more opinionated about this stuff. Um, so I'll, but he is where he's at 
on the main roster. NXT, he can work a little bit more freely. He's presented, he's going to be presented as a bigger deal than he is on, you know, when he's wrestling Dolph Ziggler and Gunther and stuff. Like he feels like a big deal in NXT. He never really had like that great NXT run either because he was 205 live for, for so long and then before doing main roster stuff. So it, it's it's good for him. He'll be in a good spot. Like, he's going to be working with like Wesley, Tyler Bate. You'll get really great matches out of that. This is the kind of stuff Ali likes to do. I like them using the free agent thing in this way, honestly. Like I, I really, I really do because, okay, you're a free agent. Obviously that means Raw and SmackDown. I like that they've established, oh, you can also go to NXT, by the way. I like that because now you have a reason, you know, before they were just like, oh yeah, sure. A Raw SmackDown person just shows up on NXT for reasons. You know, when it was Wednesday, we knew the reasons that they were showing up there. Now it's like, oh, we have like their free agent. They can just show up wherever they want. And they might, some of these people like Corbin just probably see NXT is sort of the, the minor leagues compared to Raw and SmackDown. So they're showing up to, you know, be jerks about things. Ali, a little bit different. He's showing up to help, you know, lift things a little bit so you got different people coming from the rain roster coming down to nxt for different motivations which is good as well louis says ali versus frazier win if they don't like try to do that capitalize on ali versus frazier and uh, just like we need a down goes frazier call after ali just smacks him in the face one good time like they gotta build they just gotta play off that in some way the problem is neither announcer is gonna know to do it they're not gonna do they're not gonna get the call Hey, clue him in. Tell him don't be dumb. Just clue him in. Booker won't do it. Are you kidding me? Booker knows this stuff. He's a he's a fight fan aficionado. Yeah, but he's gonna be too busy trying to get his chicken parm ready in time. Ah, Booker's got this. I got I got faith in Booker. He, he's he's got this, baby. Don't By let me way. down, Booker T. Shucky ducky. Yeah, quack quack. Champagne dreams and caviar nightmares anyway um did you see what carmelo hayes tweeted after the night was over no he said thank god it wasn't brock (laughs) (laughs) why it should i I like that they're leaning into the free agents and they know who's in the pool it's cute it's good Um, dude can you imagine i tweeted this on on monday um you know cody's doing this open challenge thing with brock I want Brock showing up everywhere and just wrecking this dude. I want him coming to these live events. And Cody's like, they told me I'm not medically cleared tonight. But you know what? All you fans here in North Dakota, you deserve to see the American Nightmare Cody Rhodes. And I'm going to make sure I'm here and I'm going to wrestle. Come on out. Whoever's ready. I'm ready. I don't care if I'm not cleared. All these fans paid their hard-earned money. And I'm going to give them a show. And then Brock comes out, just destroys them. Just run that bit at every single live event. Cody's doing these signings. It's like Brody King and Darby Allen. Cody's at these signings and stuff. He's signing the way. And Brock just comes out and just puts him through the table. Just beats him up at every single turn. Until, you know, Cody is just like, you know what? I ain't doing this anymore. Just Cody just tucks his tail and he just leaves. He's like, I'm done with this. <laughs> that was a mistake. My bad. My bad, everybody. Brock, we're good. It'll actually, you know, it'll lead to a match like SummerSlam or something. He's like, all right, fine. You've attacked me at every turn. Why don't you, instead of being a coward, this is how you frame it if you're Cody Rhodes, instead of being a coward and attacking me 
when I'm not ready, even though I issued an open challenge and said you could come after me at any point you wanted to, but I didn't really think that through because I didn't think you'd show up. Meet me at SummerSlam and let's settle this face-to-face, one-on-one, finally. And that's how you get to the match because Cody's already talked in circles with this thing anyway. I need Brock just showing up at every... I need him attacking him during interviews. Cody's doing media. I tell you that we're going to get Cody on the spotlight. And it's going to be the greatest moment in, in wrestling media history. Steven Jensen, this, this, this beautiful man, his face, he is just so excited to be finally interviewing Cody Rhodes. He's like, welcome back to the spotlight, everybody. I can't believe this is actually happening. I'm Steven Jensen. That's still Jeremy Lambert. Let's get into it. Guys, we have Cody Rhodes, the American Nightmare. Cody Rhodes is joining us here on the spot. And then, bam! Here comes Brock just punching Cody in the face. And Jensen is just heartbroken as Cody gets punched by Brock and the interview is ruined. That's all I want. That's what I want. I want to crush Steven Jensen's dreams. I'm a terrible That's friend. I'm awful. sorry. You are a terrible I'm sorry. friend. I'm sorry. What is wrong Think of the publicity we would get out of that, Joel. Think of the publicity we would get. Cody would owe us an interview. And then we then we can interview Brock. We can interview Brock. And then we can do a great interview with Brock too. I'd ask him about UFC. Wouldn't even really care about the WWE stuff. I'd just ask him about UFC. Like Brock, after UFC one hundred, did you have a Coors Light? Because Bud Light wouldn't pay you nothing. Did you hang out with your friends? Did you get on top of your wife that night after UFC one hundred? That's the question everybody wants to know. That's what that's what everyone wants to know, everybody. You ask that question, he's going to come and find you and take you out next. And you know that. I'm a true journalist. A true journalist would ask this question of what happened after UFC 100. Did he drink a Coors Light? Did he hang out with his friends? Did he get on top of his wife? And was it in that order? <laughs> Why am I feeding this? <laughs> this is awful. Megabyte Ronnie joins us in a couple of minutes. My God, that was just... Oh, that's just disgusting, Jeremy. I need Brock showing up to NXT. Cody comes down to NXT. You know, he's not a free agent or anything. He gets the special invite. Sean invited me down here to give the inspiration to everybody, to let them know, to do the work, and, you know, follow through. Carmelo Hayes, I worked with Carmelo Hayes before my return. Joe Gacy, I worked with Joe. And then Brock shows up. And he just destroys Cody at NXT. And then, yeah, I guess since Carmelo is tweeting, like, thank God it wasn't Brock. Carmelo's out there. Carmelo runs. Does that make the NXT champion look great? No, but it's all about getting Brock Lesnar over. That's the point of every single story ever is make sure Brock looks good. So we get Carmelo tucking tail and uh, as, as Brock shows up. Brock, Brock just destroying Cody everywhere, man. He's going to he's going to baby classes. He's going to uh, the the kid's not that old, but he, you know he's taking the kid out. Models. I don't know what you're talking about. What's that? That kid is well over a year old. I don't know what you're talking about. What? I mean, the kid's not in like preschool or anything. I don't know when this stuff starts. Yeah, what do you have to go to daycare? He's taking yeah. he's dropping Liberty off to to daycare. I'm sure it's some fancy private daycare. And Brock just shows up at the daycare and just beats up Cody. Right in front of his kid again. That kid, that poor kid. I, I don't actually wish that on the kid. He's that kid's already seen like the father lose in front of eighty thousand people at WrestleMania. It doesn't need to get beat up at the daycare. 
as well. The kid should beat up Brock. That's the real story. This kid is going to come back for redemption on Brock in 18 years from now and get the revenge for father Cody Rhodes. While, while we're here, can you go into your settings and check that your mic is the right mic and not your mic from your computer? I, I have, can. I, I have this weird feeling that you are using your camera mic from your Mac. No. No, it's the right one. Maybe it's just my yeah. ears. It's fine. Okay. We're good. Your it's ears like, suck, oh, Joel. It's just a lack of bass in my ears. It's probably just these ear, These in-ears are probably getting old. Do you need to turn your snare up? Do you have any snare in your headphones? I don't need to turn up the snare. I could use more bass. Turn down the suck. We'll do that. Jeremy, do you want Brock to F5 Liberty too? That seems wrong. <laughs> Dude, just beat up the entire Rhodes family. Show up to AEW. Beat up Dustin. <laughs> just right. get them all. Just just get the entire Rhodes family and, and beat them all up. Megabyte Ronnie is uh Cody Rhodes helped Megabyte Ronnie out when it came to, to AEW. He told that story on, on the spotlight. Hey, Brock will show up to this interview and he'll beat up megabyte ronnie sorry ronnie i love you but brock showing up and just giving us content just beating people up then he's definitely gonna beat up joel pearl that's the biggest thing i'm gonna get brock lesnar to beat you up joel you know that one makes sense i got that you know what this intro this intro is yours now because you you clearly paved the way for someone to get beat up that's not me so why don't you go ahead and give us an intro Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Megabyte Ronnie. We do, we do love you. Uh, he is Megabyte Ronnie. He is sadly a retired professional wrestler. Um, also a professional eater, a U.S. Army vet. He's back from vacation. I hope he had a Coors Light or a Bud Light on his vacation and did whatever else he needed to do on his vacation. Uh, he's Megabyte Ronnie. Megabyte Ronnie, how you doing, man? I'm sorry. I'm trying to get you beat up. It's all good, man. I'm, I'm doing pretty good. I actually, I don't think I had a single beer on that vacation. I'm more of a girly drink drinker. So I had plenty of liquor. I don't know if I had any beer, though. What are we talking here? Are we talking sangrias? Are we talking to rum and coke? What are we doing? I mean, I do a lot of mixed drinks. So I just go into the bar and look at the mixed drinks option and just pick something that looks fancy. Most of the time with vodka. Uh, on this ship though, they had soju and I had lived in Korea for two years. So I was drinking a lot of soju. Um, they had this one shot. I, f- I forgot what it's called. Well, it's called a jellyfish. I don't know what was in it, but the, the liquor was blue. And then they would drop little drops of Bailey's in there to make the Bailey's look like jellyfish swimming in the sea. And we, we did a lot of those shots as well. That sounds Damn. delicious. <laughs> I'm in. Let's Very go. Delicious. How is, I mean, I hate to start off with this. How is uh, retirement kind of treating you so far? Um, well, to be honest with you, it's, uh, it's, it's okay. Like, um, it's, it's a little bit hard to be honest with you because, like, you just think about, like, uh, for me, like, I just sort of thought about wrestling as, like, what I was going to do, like, what I was ultimately going to wind up doing. Uh, and I, I wasn't, I don't know, I wasn't ready really to, to give it up but then somebody, you know, my doctor sort of took it away from me. So I don't know if it's easier or harder that way to to handle when somebody just takes it away from you versus you having to make that decision yourself. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then... 
place a $5 wager on any sport, you'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Sorry, Jeremy, go ahead. Oh, um, uh, so w- when did you find out, you know, it was a back injury and what did the doctor say? Was it accumulation of things or was it just one bad bump? What, what did he, what was the overall diagnosis on this? I think I found out like, um, like two days before I made the post on Twitter. I'm not good with remembering dates. So about two days before that, uh, basically what has happened is that, um, I have, like, um, fuck, I forgot. I have a two slip disc and then I have one crush disc. So what had happened was, is that the doctor thinks that that crush disc has probably been crushed for a long time and I just didn't know about it. And what happened was in about, uh, I want to say late January this year, I was in the gym and I was doing front squats and I went down for a front squat and I heard something pop. And ever since that day, I've been having a lot of pain in my back, my hips, and things like that. And I um, I knew I was pretty messed up. I didn't know I was this messed up, though. I mean, when the doctor showed me the x-rays and explained everything to me, like, I, I, I'm in physical therapy right now. But, like, the way the doctor explained things is, like, I'm probably going to wind up needing surgery. Oh, that's... I was going to ask. Yeah, I was going to ask if surgery was on the table. Is it something that you're considering, or are you just trying to PT as much as you can to get better? Yeah. So right now we got me in physical therapy. We're going to we're going to come back to it in about two months from now. So we're going to see what physical therapy can do for me. Uh, I'm not going to lie. You know, I've I've been doing physical therapy for about three weeks, and it has helped. But like, there's still a lot of times where my back just gets locked up, and I'm not able to move. Like I'll just be walking, and all of a sudden my back locks up, and I can't I can't move. I wake up every morning in a lot of a lot of pain and stuff like that. I feel like it takes two hours for my hips to get going. So, uh, but the thing they explained to me is that once you have back surgery, it's sort of like 
the the most people who had back surgery are people who've already had a back surgery. So I'm I'm trying to go the route of no back surgery, and that's one of the reasons that like I, I just I just called it quits, you know, right there on the spot. Like I I'm not gonna I, I don't know I'm not I'm not I don't want to be in a wheelchair or whatever whatever for the rest of my life. You mentioned uh, in your post about the the eating as well and you weren't sure where, where you stood with that what's what what's the update on that can you still do like competitive eating so the deal with eating champion <laughs> trying to make it trying to make it into the cage uh yeah the deal with eating man is that i don't know if you've ever really watched me eat but when i eat i eat very violent violently like i, sh- I shake i look like i'm having a seizure up there uh, I'm not able. I'm not able to chew and swallow very well. It's kind of funny. I'm a competitive eater, but like even when I'm eating a normal meal, like sometimes I have to like drink water to to get it down. Uh, so I, it requires a lot of force for me. And when I went to, I went to, I was gonna, I was gonna try and qualify for Nathan's this year. I was like, you know what? I can't wrestle. Let me just dive head first into into eating. And I did one hot dog practice, and like I I couldn't move the way I move when I eat. And that's when I said, all right, well, that's, I'm not going to half-ass this as well. Cause I may not even qualify if I, if I half-ass it. So uh, I don't think I'm going to be competitive eating this year, uh, but I'm hopefully, hopefully not done with competitive eating. I hope, I hope I'm back next year, but definitely taking this year off from that. With that in mind, I, I think there's a lot of misconception when it comes to competitive eating. Um, just give me an idea or give our fans an idea of like what type of, I guess you could say training goes into competitive eating because it's not it's not just shoving your face. There is there's something more to it. Yeah, man, there's a lot more to it. So whenever we're training for a contest, like we'll practice the food we're gonna eat. So like for example, hot dogs was coming up. I'll I'll do a 10 minute hot dog practice in my backyard, try to simulate it to be just as close to the contest as possible. Uh, another thing we do is we stretch our stomachs out. You know, we'll go to a buffet and eat as much as we can. Like uh, you know, fruits and vegetables are a big thing. Water is a big thing. Uh, and, and I'm just not able to do that because I'm not able to be comfortable. As soon as I start stuffing my stomach, uh, I'm not able to get comfortable, and that's all it's really about is being able to be comfortable with being uncomfortable, and I just couldn't get to that that part with my back and hips hurting while I was so full. I want to talk about your last weekend in wrestling. It was C4, BOP. What was, what was that weekend like? And did you know like going into that weekend, like, oh, this is – is gonna be my last weekend. Uh, you know what? I had a pretty good idea. Um, I didn't know that was gonna be it, but like, I, so to tell you the story, that um, that was in I want to say February or March. Uh, maybe that sounds right. March. Uh, I had went to the C four show before that, and uh, when I showed up the month prior to that, and I when I showed up, I asked if there was anything I could do to help out, and they were like, "Uh, will you work security?" I was like, fuck it. You know what? I'll work security. So I was out there working security, man. And actually it was probably a really good idea because as I was working security, I had a lot of fans come up to me and like want to take pictures and shit like that. So I, I, the promoter is probably looking at that and say, well, fuck, like our, our fans already know who this guy is. Like, so that probably helped my calls. But as I was out there working security, like my back was already hurt. It was so hurt that like during, um, Kevin Blackwood versus Joey Janela. They did like a like a hardcore match, and they went out into the the crowd. When they went out into the crowd, my back was hurting so bad. Everybody's attention was focused on them. I went back to the back, and I started like taking a knee. 
Like there's a lot of times that I was just standing there working security. My back was, you know, just hurting so bad that I just had to take a knee a bunch of times, but it got me a spot in the next show. And before, before that match, man, I was popping, like, I probably popped like five or six ibuprofens just to, to get through that match. And I knew my back was pretty fucked up, but like I had wanted to get the C4 so bad. It was my first time at C4, man. Like, I had seen all these cool pictures for my friends like Puff and Blackwood and Garcia, um, young Jay Lee. I'd seen these guys work in C4. And I like, when I went there and worked security, that crowd at C4, unbelievable. Like those are the, probably the best fans in indie wrestling. Like I wanted so badly to get in front of that crowd that I went out there with two slip discs and a crush disc just to get a taste of that before I had to go. Um, And then the very next day I went up, Right after that, I drove 16 hours to Indiana to wrestle at Black Label Pro because Black Label Pro has always been good to me and always sort of been a home for me. So that was kind of like the ultimate farewell for me. I got to wrestle in front of C4, something that I had always really wanted to do. And then I got to take a road trip with my buddy Kevin Blackwood, you know, young Jay Lee and Haley Dillon. And we got to go up to, uh, you know, Indiana, and that was fun just riding with those guys and having a good time and then being at Black Label Pro and then seeing Matt Brannigan. I don't know. It was pretty much like the best last weekend you could ask for. I didn't really I didn't really know it at the time, uh, but pretty much the week after that or the weeks after that, I was fairly sure that was it. I'm smiling because I grew up in Ottawa, and Ottawa to me was never a wrestling town. So to find out that so many wrestlers are big fans of C4 and so many fans, wrestling fans, have become fans of C4 and the shows they put on. We're looking forward. We're going to have Mark from uh, from C4 on the show, uh, hopefully in, in the coming weeks. But uh, I, it really it warms, it warms my heart to hear you speak highly about my hometown. Um, with that in mind, your last match at C4, you had a match in, that included Sexy Eddie. Sexy Eddie is known for uh, certain appendage that he has. Your tag team partner, Matt Brannigan, when you guys are doing Hog and Dog, known for a certain appendage of his own. Uh, do I dare ask about the appendages in a hog off? What are we doing? Uh, I, I don't know who would win in a hog off. I'll tell you this. Uh, Sexy Eddie hit a moonsault on me, and, and you know it felt like somebody slapped me over the back with a log. So like, I, I, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, I, you know, Matt, Matt, Matt's actually, you know, making money off performing with his. So maybe he wins the hog off if there is a hog off. Have you considered uh, the OnlyFans route yourself? Uh, I don't know if you've been asked that before. Yeah, I, I, I've considered it, uh, but I, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know if I could really do that. Like, uh, my, my wife is in the military, so this just sort of like, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know if that's a route that I could personally go down, but I support anybody who goes down that route. I think uh, make your money while you can. And, uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of anybody who goes that route. I just don't know if I personally – I'm going to wind up going that route. We have a, a question from um, a viewer, Ryan Sullivan, our pal Ryan Sullivan. Has, any thoughts on like a potential manager role or anything like that when it comes to uh, now that in-ring could be over? I've, I've had a few people ask me about that, to be honest with you, and it's uh, I, I don't know. It kind of it hurts uh, right now. Like um, I, I tried to watch a, an eating contest like right after I pulled out on Nathan's and I couldn't make it through it. I haven't really been able to watch wrestling since I, I, I pulled out. Like it still, it still hurts a lot um, to have this taken away. 
And and an issue with being a manager, and, and my friends have said this to me, and I'm not trying to you know blow smoke up my own ass, is that if I go and be a manager, I'm going to wind up being bigger than 95% of the people who I'd, I'd be managing. And I don't know if that's really like, I don't know if that makes for a good look. I don't know how many managers out there have been bigger than their clients. Uh, I I do still want to be in front. I still want to be a part of wrestling. I think there's a spot for me. Uh, I think I'm pretty good with a microphone. I wish I would have gotten a microphone more in my career. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I could do something like an interviewer or or something like that. I look at what RJ City's doing uh, with like a YouTube series or something like that. And that, that's something that interests me. I still want to be a part of the world, but I, I don't know if, if manager is going to be it. Megabyte Ronnie reacts to 90s sitcom entrances. I don't know if that's going to work. <laughs> you might have to find your own niche, but I get what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, so in, in competitive eating, you know, there's a, quite a bit of tropes that borrow from pro wrestling, right? Nathan's, they do the, the mustard belt that Joey Chestnut has and it gets passed around. What other pro wrestling tropes do you see that you think should be included in competitive eating? Man, it's 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 so I don't know. The worlds are so similar. Like they're both carny. You so like they sort of come from the same world. You know, I did my first eating contest five years before I did my first wrestling training. And like when I came out with, with the eating contest, I had my own entrance music. You know, I got my own uh announce uh announcer from an MC. I got my own introduction. Uh, I got in front of, I got on a stage and people were cheering for me. Like it just, it just fit, pretty much feels a lot like competitive eating or sorry, sorry, a lot like wrestling. But the thing about it that I really like is I'm super competitive and, and eating is real, right? There's nothing, there's nothing, nobody out there can stop me from being the 20th best eater in the world. Like I'm going to go to a contest, I'm going to finish highly and I'm going to prove my worth. You know, with wrestling, the thing that really bugged me a lot was that there was, it's, it's a work. So there's no way. I, I feel like, you know, if I should be on a show or if I should be uh, I should have a match with somebody or, or whatever, that may not be the case because I may not be friends with the guy who owns the company. So, like, uh, it, it's sort of I don't know. I, I like both for different reasons, but they're very similar. What was it like on the road with Matt Brannigan? We had him on the show not too long ago, and he was talking about some road stories with you. What, what kind of road stories you got with uh, old Matt Brannigan? Oh man, like I I can't even explain like uh, how good of a friend that guy has become to me. It was kind of funny because like when I showed up at AEW, uh, he started getting tagged in a lot of my stuff. Like fans sort of willed us together, and it had it had went on for about a year. And I was like, you know what, fuck it. Like let me sit down and watch some Matt Brannigan. Let me see who this guy really is. And I sat down and I watched him wrestle, and I was like, holy cow! Like this guy is really good. Like he is. He is a phenomenal, he's like a phenomenal wrestler. He is so, so, so fucking good, right? Like, it irks me that Matt Brannigan isn't signed to making millions of dollars. Like, he is so fucking good at wrestling. And then, like, we were like, hey, you know, everybody, I messaged him. I was like, hey, people want to see his tag. Like, do you want to do it? And he was like, yeah, let's, you know, let's do it. And, and we got booked for our first match at Black Label Pro. And, like, the day before the match, I was actually going to stay with uh, Bradley Prescott the fourth. I was going to stay at his uh, house. I wasn't even like me and Matt had never even met the day before we tagged. And like we started texting that day before just shooting ideas back and forth. And then, you know, it, it changed the voice messages cause I had to drive. And uh, I don't know, we were just popping each other nonstop with messages back and forth. Like if, the day we started talking, there was like an instant connection. And now, now we're best friends, man. Like we, 
we talk nonstop to this day. Like we're, we're texting back and forth with each, with each other. It's just so funny how like we didn't know anything about each other. And then it's like the scene from Step Brothers, like the first day we started texting. We're like, wait, did we just become best friends? And it's it's, it's been on since then. Uh, some some of your favorite memories in, in wrestling, whether it was somebody you worked with, some a move you hit, like wh- what stands out to you through for your career? I would I would I would say like the most important match I ever had was uh, uh, the the place I train, which is uh, Grapplers Anonymous in Buffalo. They run a promotion called Daddy Yeah. The second show they had, uh, they let me and Daniel Garcia headline that. That meant a lot because like you could have asked anybody who saw Daniel three years ago if he was going to get signed, and they would have said yes. You could have asked anybody, you know, three years ago if Daniel was going to be a big star, and of of course it was yes. Uh, just to, just to be given that. You know, to be given that match against Daniel, that meant a lot to me. Uh, you know, me and Daniel went like 22 minutes. It's the longest match I ever had. Daniel Daniel didn't take it easy on me at all. Like, he expected me to be there with him for everything, and I really appreciated that. It really pushed me. Um, uh, as far as, like, favorite move I ever hit, this is uh, it's going to be kind of out of left field. But it's um, the favorite move I ever hit was actually a lariat to, to Abby Jane. So I was working for a company in Philadelphia called PWE and not a lot of places let me work heel, even though I really, I feel like I'm a better, I'm a better wrestler as a heel, but just sort of who I am doesn't allow me to be a heel most places, but they allowed me to be a heel because I was feuding with hot dog Starks. And that was sort of his promotion. Like they loved hot, hot dog Starks there. So uh, I had worked a three on three match the month before PWE and me and Abby Jane sort of, sort of locked up in this three-on-three match. And when we went to go lock up, I went to go do a test of strength with her. And I really felt the crowd sort of like want to know what was going to happen. Like, I, I don't know if you're familiar with Abby Jane, but she's not that big. And, and and when we went to go, you know, do that test of strength, I felt something there. And the next month I was supposed to wrestle Cheeseburger at PWE, but something happened and he couldn't make it. And they were like, hey, is there anybody out there you want to work with? And I was like, you know what? As a matter of fact, like I just did this thing with Abby Jane. Like, let me let me work a like a match with her, and uh, I think it'll be real good. So they let me work with Abby Jane, and this isn't a, like a like an art building. Like it's a real hipster crowd, a real real progressive crowd, right? So we get in that ring, and you know the fans are having a good time. Like they've been drinking a little bit, and you see me and Abby Jane, and you think we're gonna have this this nice little wrestling match. You think everything, you know. You, you got to be thinking like, there's no way like this, this big old man is going to beat up this little girl. And as a matter of fact, when I got to the show, the promoter said, Hey, I want you two to wrestle. Like you're the same size. And I was like, all right, that sounds, that's, that sounds good. And I went up to Abby Jane right after that. And I said, Hey, the promoter wants us to work like we're the same size. And she said, yeah, I said, we're not doing that. So like at the very start of this match, I grab her in a headlock and she pushes me off. And I said, Hey, Abby, I'm going to fucking nail you with this lariat because I know when I nail you with this lariat at the start of this match, that whole crowd is going to go from, yay, good time to whole, like, holy shit, you know? And I came off that rope, man, and I just laid it into her in a good safe space, right? But I just laid it into her and, like, I just felt the whole crowd, like, just everybody just, just die right there with Abby Jane. And, like, I knew I had him from that moment. And every time she fought back in that match, that crowd was so with her. And I just I just knew, like, I just knew if I nailed her with this lariat that early in the match, it would just change everything. And it was just, 
just moments like that when I knew I could do something to control a crowd and then I did it and it happened. That feeling's like unmatched, unmatched. There's nothing else like that in the world. 12 days after that match, yeah. you, uh, you, you lost a loser has to eat 20 cheeseburgers match. <laughs> How did we get here? What are we doing? Please talk to me about this match. This is wonderful. I love this so much. There was, there's a good story behind that as well. So like we were the semi main, main event, me and Chuck Stone. And uh, we had called this match that was going to be a brawling match. Like we were going to go outside and beat the shit out of each other and everything like that. And, uh, you know, I'm watching the first couple of matches on the show, and I think they had another match where, like, somebody went to the outside and beat the shit out of each other. And then there was a lot of good wrestling on this show, like, just a ton of really, really good wrestling. And uh, after intermission, I woke up to Chuck. I was like, hey, you know that match we called? He was like, yeah. I was like, we got to scrap all that. Like, that's that's out the door. Like, they've already seen brawling. They're getting all these fucking 15-minute, like, pure wrestling classic matches. Uh, after us, the main event was, like, a – 25 minute Cole Raddick versus somebody else in a super good, you know, wrestling match. And I was just like, you know what these people need is they need a palate cleanse. Like they need something to, they need something to laugh at because they've seen all this wrestling and they just need a minute to like digest and get ready for this main event that they're about the, to, to call. And I, I, you know, I, I think about the wrestling psychology a lot. Like I really dived deep into what I think needed to happen. Like my, my particular spot on a card, my particular match, I always thought about what I needed to do to make the overall show the best. And we went with this comedy match where both me and Chuck Stone were trying to lose because he likes cheeseburgers and I like to eat. So we were both purposely trying to lose throughout the whole match so we could eat the 20 cheeseburgers. It took a, it took a little time for the crowd to catch on. I wish, I wish we could have did something to like um, explain our characters a little bit more before we had that match. Uh, but it, you know, I went up and told the promoter afterwards. I was like, hey, I, I changed that match right before we went out there because I thought based on what had happened throughout the rest of your card, this is what the fans needed. They needed something to laugh at, you know, not be so in there and, and get ready for your main event. And he agreed. So that that was a lot of fun. But that's that's a cool story, too, because of how I had to just change everything right before the match. That's a That's a fantastic story. It shows that, like, you get it of like, Hey, we've kind of seen everything. Maybe I should just change this up, give them a little bit, something different. And you know, that's what wrestling is when it comes to, okay, we've seen our hardcore match. We've seen our mat classic and everything. Let's give them a little bit of comedy here in this spot. So look, man, you get it. You've, you've always been very kind to, to myself and Jensen uh, appearing on the spotlight when, when Jensen asked you, and I've always appreciated your work and just, when, when you made the announcement, I was really sad. Uh, as a fan of you and a fan of your work, I was I was sad and, and sad for you that like it it ended like this. And uh, you know, whatever whatever you do, I hope uh, hope it's fulfilling, and I'll be I'll be supporting. And you know what like what are you kind of working on right now uh, in your life and career? Well, well, first of all, I really appreciate that. Um, you know, I when I retired, I yeah, said something like, "Hey, you know." I'm content with my wrestling career. I'll figure out what's next and I'll, I'll really dive into that. And I thought like, I, I thought like some light bulb was just going to go off in my head and I was just going to figure out what was next. And I was just going to pivot right into that. And I, I've like, uh, I've been struggling, like, like mentally I've been struggling <laughs> trying to figure out like what is next. And all I can really do is sit here and 
look at wrestling and right now think what if. And, you know, I think ultimately, like, I'm going to be okay. Like, I'm going to figure out something. Uh, but it hurts right now. And that's that's one of the reasons, like, I made a post yesterday about how, like, this this hurts. And it hurts a lot more than than what I thought it would. And it still continues to hurt a lot more than what I thought it would. And I just wanted to make a post because, like, this is going to happen to somebody else. Like, uh, somebody else's career is going to end. Uh, it probably happens almost, you know, every week or whatever. I just wanted to to make something out there so everybody knows, like, it's okay. It's okay for this to hurt. Like, it's supposed to hurt. And it probably is going to take everybody out there who this happens to longer to figure out what's next. Like, I, I'm sure – I don't know what's next. Like, I don't know if I'm going to – go into some sort of content creation. I don't know if I'm going to do food. Uh, like I'm obsessed with fantasy football. Like I may do something with fantasy football or like I, before I came to be a wrestler, like I had a 10 year it career. Like I'm CompTIA security plus CompTIA network plus certified. I can go back to a cubicle and I can make a good amount of money for my family and I can never be megabyte Ronnie again. Like I still, all those options are still on the table and I, I, I don't, I don't like, I don't know where I'm going to be honest with you. And I'm, I'm lost and I'm a lot more lost than what I thought I was going to be. Well, the good news is you, we, we haven't completely lost you from our TVs. You just did uh, uh, some spots with dark side of the ring and that's just started to air. Talk to us about how that came together and uh, what, what people are seeing a little bit of Ronnie. Cause I, I'm assuming you're in the, um, the blurred out sections, the reenactments. I, yeah, it's actually a funny story. So um, I was on Dark Side of the Ring last night. I haven't seen the episode yet because I don't have cable, so I have to wait for it to come out on Hulu. And I, I don't know how soon after the episode airs it comes out on Hulu. It was just a real quick spot where uh, the person playing Sonny basically come up and like flirt it with me, and then that was pretty much the spot. But for I, I, I'm Magnum TA in the Magnum TA episode that comes out next week. And they kept telling me as they were filming, they said, hey, man, you know, like normally when we shoot these shots, they're super blurred out. But you look so much like Magnum TA. We keep turning down the blur. Like every shot that they would shoot, they would they would turn down the blur. At least they, you know, at least they said, I don't know what it's going to look like once it's produced and all that. Um, And they told me that, like, I was one of the top three gets that they have ever gotten as far as like person who looked like the character they're portraying. And I, I don't know, like when I was filming dark side of the ring, like I kept having ideas and I would be like, Hey, what if we, what if we did this? Or what if we did that? And they were all really fucking cool. They were like, Hey, this is a type of shoot where whoever has the best idea wins. Don't feel, cause I was scared. I was going to be stepping on someone's shoes. You know what I'm saying? But once they told me that, man, I was just shooting ideas out left and right. Uh, I had a lot of fun acting, uh, a lot of fun acting. And I felt like I did a pretty good job at it. So like, uh, yeah, definitely check out episode two next week. Check out the whole season because they got a lot of cool episodes lined up for you. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I really enjoyed that. I hope I could do more of that, uh, uh, whether it be Dark Side of the Ring or or something else. I got a I got another company talking to me about an eating sh- uh, show and stuff like that. So there's there's stuff out there for me in the eating world. I just or not the eating world, the the acting world. I just got to figure out how to navigate that. I guess. I mean, I shook my head when you mentioned the the IT stuff and being in a cubicle because I think you have too much personality to just be in a cubicle for for all of this. Like, I need to see you on screen in some way or another. And you mentioned like you, you're not going to be able to do competitive eating and stuff this year. I think that sucks. So I have a proposal, a kind of sort of 
challenge. July 4th falls on a... I'm about to do something really dumb, Joel Pearl. July 4th falls on a Tuesday. We don't do a show on Tuesday. We do a show July 3rd. If you'd like to appear on this show, it won't be a competitive match because I'm not competitive and I'm not good at this. I will eat whatever you would like to eat against you. And we can go food for food on this, Ronnie. The July 3rd in the weeds eating rendezvous, if you want to call it. Whatever you like to eat, it can be very friendly, friendly little thing. We can kind of go at our own pace and whoever wins, wins. This is, this is on you. If you would like to do this, we can do this. I, I really I really appreciate the offer and I would love to say yes. However, uh, unfortunately, my contract with Major League Eating does not allow me to do that. So oh. I'm not allowed to eat in any eating contest capacity that isn't sponsored by major league eating so it's okay it's it's, we won't bill it as a contest then it's just going to be two friends hanging out on stream just eating food it's not a competition july 3rd yeah i i if they want to sponsor it by the way they could sponsor it we could turn it into a contest you know you hold on you guys know what you're trying to set up here right this is we're doing hot ones but we're not doing hot ones but we're doing hot ones (laughs) You know what? You know what? Let me uh, let me look at the schedule. If I don't have anything going on that on that day, it's a what? It's a two? It's a Monday? It's a Monday. Yeah. 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 We could we could probably do something. We'll figure it out. Just hit me up. Hit me up in the DMs. We'll figure something out. Okay. It doesn't have to be a technical competition. Just two friends hanging out, eating ribs or whatever you would like to eat. Just celebrating Fourth of July. We'll do it. July, we'll do it. We'll figure it out. Just as long as we don't call it an official contest, we got to keep. We, we got to stay away from that word. <laughs> yes. do okay. Any things here? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing on this show's official. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we want to have you. Regardless, we want to have you back, and I would like to do something, some type of fun eating thing with you. Not a contest. Some type of fun eating thing, even if it's just a casual eating hangout, is what we yeah. call it. All right, uh, Ronnie. Thank you again for for joining us. Uh, let everybody know where they can find you at. Yeah, you can find me on everything at Megabyte Ronnie. So that's Megabyte with B-Y-T-E because of the uh, IT background. Uh, so that's Twitter, Instagram. You can find me at Megabyte Ronnie. Uh, YouTube, you can go watch me eat a bunch of bullshit at Megabyte or YouTube.com forward slash Megabyte Ronnie. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much, I don't know. Just Google Megabyte Ronnie if you want more Megabyte Ronnie. I think I own Megabyte Ronnie on everything. So, yeah. So support Megabyte Ronnie, please support him. Uh, again, very heartbroken when I saw that announcement, and I appreciate how the kindness you've always uh, given to to myself and, and Jensen, and being on the spotlight and just our, our chats over after that. And just like, I've always been entertained by your stuff, and I hope you you stick with some type of content, whether it be professional wrestling or just YouTube, whatever it might be, uh, moving forward. Because I think you got too much personality to to not do that. Don't go to a cubicle. <laughs> I can't have it. Pays well. Cubicle pays well. I mean, I, I believe that. that. <laughs> yeah, look, I I totally believe that. I understand that if that's the aspect. I still think you too much personality to just be in a cubicle. But whatever you do, I support. I support what you do, Ronnie. I appreciate. I, it. And I will. I will. I will be in touch about our friendly eating hangout. That's what we're gonna call it. Not a competition. Sounds good. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you, Ronnie. Enjoy the rest of your day. Y'all have a good day. Thank you. Take care. Thanks, man. 
Uh, Mega Bite Ronnie, he's the best. He's I, not a competition, Joel. Not a competition. No, no, we don't do competitions here. It's fine. No, no. the only competition what? we have is trying to get wrestlers to beat me up. And he didn't get yeah. Ronnie to try, so we're, clearly we're on the right path here. No, I talked myself into trying to do. I didn't once he said like he couldn't do a competition and stuff. Like I didn't want it to be like that kind of competition anyway, because I wasn't gonna like, hey, you take this super serious, and I'll just. I mean, I would have taken it super serious, but. eating stuff is like they as he mentioned like you like actually gotta train for that it's not like hey let's show up look i'm sure it could beat me who i'm not a competitive eater at all look at me it looks like i barely eat in the first place that's that's the thing though (laughs) about the competitive eaters is that so many of them are so unassuming i watched two in particular on youtube right now one is uh, Beard Meets Food he's 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 a uk guy with a big beard he's his name's adam i forget his, his last name but he's not a huge dude and then the other one is, is uh katrina it's kilos or karina katrina anyway uh who is also ronnie Seth. oh god uh, these are other competitive eaters anyway she she is with another competitive eater who's a much bigger dude um but i watched them go and it's it's wild to see these smaller people just eat all this food joey chestnut and kobayashi aren't like these big assuming people they're just right. they're there and they eat like they, they that's what they do but there's a lot of training and stuff that that goes into it so we'll, we'll see what we can do not a competition though unless major league eating wants to like sponsor this and then it will be a competition and do you we'll see what we can do there do you imagine if we got major league eating to sponsor what is not even a competition but then we can call it a competition for the sake of just being able to get major league eating to sponsor this thing yeah I, I truthfully like if they did it like I wouldn't want anything off of that whatever they want to sponsor I would just give that all to Ronnie like I yeah. like if they want to sponsor I I don't want anything off of that I want all of it to go you know what I, like, I, I shoot shots all the time right I'll talk with Ronnie I'll message major league eating I don't know who to message on that thing but Maybe Nathan Nate, I got a message Nathan the hot dog guy Nathan the hot yeah. dog <laughs> yeah Uh, i'll message him good chat i'm glad that we uh i'm glad that we got to ask him about dark side of the ring i think it's really neat that not only is he playing magnum ta but now i'm more looking forward to the episode next week when they show him playing magnum ta and we'll see just how blurred out the shot is there's certain standards that that you know series try to keep to for for um continuity and who knows? Maybe they'll mess around with it for this one because uh, I, I'm I'm super interested to see just how uh, how much he looks like TA and and he's he's posted a photo, but uh, I, I want to see how it came out on film. This sounds really really fun. Yeah, uh, once I saw that he posted it last night or yesterday afternoon, I guess uh, that he was gonna be on Dark Side. I wanted to get Ronnie on uh, shortly after he made his announcement, just because I I'm a fan of the guy. Um, and so I wanted him to give him a platform to talk about everything and try to just keep him, keep him out there and stuff. Hopefully yeah, I want him to stick in wrestling because I'm going on vacation. I was like, Oh, okay, cool. Enjoy that. Uh, you know, he talked about his shots that he had on vacation and stuff. Then I saw once he's doing dark side, it's like, Oh, well this is even better. Like we can talk about everything and we can talk a little bit about dark side as well. So everyone go support Megabyte Ronnie, man. He's, he's a good dude. And I, I wish the best for him. Yeah, absolutely. He's uh 
this was my first one-on-one or two-on-one in this case conversation with him. And uh, this was a lot of fun. He's a great dude, really entertaining. Um, We have about 20 minutes until Matt from Shining Wizards joins us. By the way, uh, I I didn't mention this at the top. I probably should have because I'm a professional. Uh, We already did the thumbs up and everything and keep doing that. But also, uh, if you want to donate to Super Chat and support us here at Fightful Overbooked, you can go ahead and do that. Any amount will bring your statement up and read the question and yada 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 um none of the money goes to jeremy or myself or kate it, it goes to literally everyone else who uh, does work on this channel so uh go ahead give give us your money so we can give it to other people and I, I think jeremy's frozen so that makes this even better oh he's so frozen he's like he's like from the movie frozen this is great he'll be back shortly uh we're gonna talk about something that uh that fifa select dropped on monday you may have noticed if you're a FIFA Slack patron that uh, we didn't have the Monday Night Raw rundown, which we typically would just before Raw goes on the air. Instead, we had a, a, a bit of a, a news story about Vince McMahon's involvement in WWE. There we go. Now you're back. Internet's been real bad today. Apologies, everybody. This, this was probably the worst of it. Everything's been okay up until this point. That was that was probably the worst it's been. Everything else has been like little stutter. Yeah, it cut out uh, a couple times um, during during the Ronnie stream or Ronnie interview, but he was talking, so it, I just probably looked a little frozen. I just switched it over to my my hotspot. Yeah, internet's and what Ohio? What are you gonna do, right? <laughs> Ohio. Uh, we'll read super chats in a sec. I just wanted to tee this up. I don't know how much you heard of this, but I was trying to set up the the Vince McMahon talk in that. We didn't have the rundown for Raw as we normally do on FIFA Select. Instead, we had a report from uh, from Sean about, pardon my coughing, uh, about Vince McMahon coming in and making changes remotely to WWE programming. And uh, what, how are you feeling about this? I know you read the report. What were your initial thoughts when you read about this? I think it's been a little clear that he's had some influence on the show. There's there's been some some minor stuff. I feel like there's been more rematches. Some of the finishes have been what they've been. Um, you know, especially WrestleMania time. Everyone knew WrestleMania coming out that that show after WrestleMania was very very obvious. But it even said uh, Sean or I think Sean may have reported. I don't want to misconstrue any any type of of Sean's report. But regardless, even if he didn't, it was definitely out there even from like Nick Khan of like, Oh yeah, Vince will give triple H ideas. They'll collaborate a little bit. And then we will, you know, triple H has still got the final type of say on it. So I think Vince has always been involved in, in some way, just giving little notes and stuff. Uh, Now it seems like maybe for remotely on this, I think the biggest thing was it seemed like the AJ styles appearance maybe wasn't completely planned and they may have, been trying to do something else before that and then styles was there and they explained it with adam pierce of why he was there despite being on drafted to to smackdown and everything that seemed to be the biggest thing otherwise i do think for the most part triple h is is doing what he wants to do with this but i think vince has been giving notes basically since he returned in January. Some of it's been more obvious than, than others. Again, that raw after WrestleMania, very obvious, but since he's returned in January, he's given triple H some notes. And it's just a matter of how much triple H is fully implemented and how much he's able to kind of rewrite and mitigate and kind of make his own. 
Yeah, I tend to I tend to sit on the same fence as you when it comes to that. It was strange not getting raw plans, and I know that that the the report coming with a lack of raw rundown kind of sent some people in into the uh, the throes of of, of getting scared. <laughs> they were all concerned, and everybody, oh my god, we're worried. Wrestling fans who are worried always makes me fun, uh, makes me laugh. But uh, yeah, it, it feels like Vince has never quite left. Um, you know, <laughs> Matt McCarthy from um, We Watch Wrestling Podcast said it a million times, and I agree with him. You will know Vince is gone when they cart that giant dinosaur head from his office at the front door. <laughs> and, <he's, laughs> and they've never done it, so I guess he never left. But uh, at the same time, like there was, there's, there's a modicum of truth to that. He was always going to be involved. Um, I think it's much better that he keeps his, uh, his work at arm's length. Yes, this is, yeah, wrestling fans are concerned. I'm worried. I'm concerned. We, Kate and I had a long talk about that uh, a few Sundays ago on Joel and Kate at eight. But anyway, the idea here that Vince is still there, but he's not like he's not physically there, which is great, and it keeps people a little less on their toes. They're still a little bit relaxed, but still on guard. I get it. Um, the shows haven't been terrible. Uh, some of the changes are questionable, and some of them, like you said, are pretty pretty obvious. If AJ Styles had been planned to show up, they would have given him a hall pass like they did with Paul Heyman. They would <laughs> they should literally have someone at the door being like, do you have your hall pass? And then they have to show the stupid hall pass because, again, wrestling is high school. Uh, so instead, yeah, AJ showing up felt like they were just kind of spinning their wheels this week because it was also Memorial Day. So I think they knew the ratings didn't really. Uh, they were up. They were. Uh, I mean, the game ended up being a blowout, but they were up against game seven against yeah. Boston and Miami, which could have been a historic blown 3-0 lead for Miami and game six was one of the best basketball games like I've ever seen especially that finish um I, I guess we'll know the ratings a little bit later on I the blowout aspect of that game people kind of knew it was over by the third quarter I guess it maybe like a nine point game going to the fourth but early in the fourth it was over so I still imagine it's Boston Miami game seven it probably did well yeah Memorial Day uh they're coming off Saudi everyone was tired and stuff i raw was like fine it was it was there uh i think their biggest thing was oh we're gonna crown new women's tag team champions and they did that much to the surprise of yeah yeah, they they did what they did sure hopefully it works this is the one joel this is the one that's gonna change the division much to the surprise of these nuts oh my gosh i forgot about that i legitimately like i watched it and I was like, this is dumb. And then I just kind of forgot about it because the wrestling, the world of the wrestling never sleeps so much like the world of MLW. Uh, I forgot. Oh, I was so bad. Was what bad. are we doing? It was real bad. I don't know what we were doing. Uh, let's get a couple super chats and then we'll keep going. Uh, friendly reminder to steal credit cards. Listen, G bro, I appreciate it. No. If you're going to steal credit cards, at least do it to uh, give us money here on Five Don't <laughs> Don't do that at all. Everyone listening to this Right now, children, children across the world, children listening to this, do not steal credit cards. Do not steal anything. Okay, children, don't do it. I'm glad that my child is not old enough to understand this. And uh, Louis Vale also donated Super Jazz A Money's for Fight Talk, or for, for Tag Talk, not Fight Talk. That's the other, that's on Thursdays. Uh, and also the Weekender podcast over at FightfulSelect.com. Money's for Tag Talk. Go support our friends, Kaylee. Kaylee and Hiley, I do it again. 
highly highly and kaylee no we're doing it again haley and kylie go support them they are wonderful they did a great show this past week their shows are, are always good but like they're they're doing numbers on on this i was there because i showed up to boycott cinnabon right. on that show yeah there you go anyway uh so yeah so vince being uh back in the weeds do you think it gets worse or do you think we kind of stay the course and things continue as they are i think it stays the course for now once the sale is official the merger is official i think it gets a little bit worse once all of that goes through because ari manuel one, it was in the paperwork. Two, he said this on air. He was like, I'm not doing this deal unless Vince stays. So Vince Vince being on board was part of all of this. So once everything goes through, once Ari Manuel is kind of the overseer of the WWE company, the UFC company, the merger and everything, I think Vince is going to gain a little bit more. And, you know, their, their boss... Our manual, the the company above them, Endeavor, is gonna be like, well, this is what I wanted. So, and that's what Vince is gonna say. He's like, this is what, you know, I'm no longer. This is this is how Vince is gonna frame it. It's no longer on me, guys. This is what you know my boss wants. You know, I'm no longer the guy who has the final say. This is what Ari and Endeavor want. They want me here, so I'm just listening to them. And he's gonna be there more. Yeah, you're probably you're probably on the nose. I was gonna say, until the merger finishes up, he's not gonna be there. But once once it's done, once it's through, man, Royal Rumble season is going to be the litmus test into WrestleMania. If they're if they're right in the timing of this, and the merger goes through at the end of 2023, going into WrestleMania season, going into Royal Rumble, and so on and so forth, we're gonna see how things kind of play out on the creative side of things and where we'll see how many raw rundowns we get during the course of january through april 2024 sean was getting them when when vince was in charge sean was posting them when vince was in charge and stuff though they may have changed they were you know a little later but so he was getting them but okay let's let's go backwards then select portions in the middle of a monday afternoon would have raw notes included yeah that's something we hadn't had until vince was out yeah you would have a little thing here and there but you wouldn't have like four or five things planned for raw you know security is needed or there's going to be a pyro for this entrance or so and so is going to be here that wasn't typically out there at noon on a monday instead it was more like a 759 eastern on a monday night and then even after that things would change again but then again last night there was you know tomaso champa tomaso champa was supposedly backstage in albany which led to a lot of people being like oh he's returning tonight but i was never reported it was more just like he's around he's, he's there yeah, yeah he was there. could have he could have been visiting could have been checking in i don't know where they, they still live in florida as far as i know but i don't keep track of that stuff but um if he's if he's nearing a return then that's good news but um honestly last night i probably wouldn't have brought him back officially either because again all the competition they were up against between the long weekend and where, basketball and everything else coming off of saudi where the way even all, we had that candace LeRae video she's just happy to be happy there to everybody thank you. i'm glad you saw that thank you very much man that was she's quirky 
everyone. Jeez, oh, I followed my dreams and pursuits, and now I'm here, and you can do it too. I'm a little bit, uh, very big Zoe Deschanel vibes that I was getting from uh, Candice LeRae on this with the the some mouth movements and things. Not great. Did I say we were up again? Whatever. I think I said they. Uh, Kate's trying. Joel is totally WWE. Totally a Fed guy. Just like Righteous Reg. He hates everything and everyone while supporting everything and everyone. Shout out to Reg. By the way, our pal Jiminika's birthday is today. Shout out to her. Uh, she's nice. a wonderful human being. If you don't know Jiminika, you you probably will very soon. She did an interview with the, our pals at Wrestling Wind Down, by the way, talking about her world in and out of wrestling. So go check out our pal Jiminika. It's her birthday today. She is the best of us let me tell you happy birthday to her she's uh she's the sweetest we appreciate her happy birthday to geminica i'll send her a message and wish her a private happy birthday as well but yes she is she's fantastic and uh she's she's had good things and bad things happen and i hope her birthday is is very well and it is uh one of the better days but yeah she's she's awesome everyone go follow her go support her and uh, a kind kind human being Hopefully, I'm going to see her at Forbidden Door. I hope she punches you in the face. She might. I've said some things to her. You guys worried me. I thought she was really going to punch you in the face <laughs> the other day. <laughs> she had me for two seconds. I'm yeah. Like, she I was like, like yeah. I'll pull the curtain back. Just, she, was, she was going to, uh, to Double or Nothing in Vegas, and she was getting her hotel room, and she's like, I saw a guy. This is it's public. It's on her Twitter. She's like, I saw a guy getting arrested as I walked through, and I'm like, yeah, that sounds like the chaos you bring. And she was like, oh, is it now? We got problems. I'm just like, I'm sorry. And then, uh, yeah, we're, we're good. It was all just fun. So, uh I was hoping she's going to punch you. But she's not sadly. Fun. She knows better. Anyway, um, there was something. Oh, uh, uh, Alexa Bliss uh, announcing yeah. her hiatus pregnancy. She gonna? Is she returning soon? I thought she was. That was. She had that gear made. We talked about this on Monday. She's clearly coming <laughs> back to challenge for the <laughs> for the Raw Women's Championship. Yeah, that that take aged. Poorly that she was gonna come back and uh, confront Oscar. It sounded like a good idea on paper, uh, but it's okay. Had someone, other else, ideas. someone else had it worse than I did. I said it on yeah. a podcast as like a as an option. Someone else said right. it as a report. We're good. Yeah. We're just spitballing. Other people being like, "Oh no, they're gonna pick up the storyline with Bray right away." Not so yeah. much, buddy. Not less than an hour later, they come out with the announcement. Oh my goodness! Yes. We, up, we did up, not. Baby. <laughs> we didn't report anything on this show. We were just spitballing ideas of yes. who Asuka could feud with. And Alexa Bliss made sense for that. Now, of course, it doesn't make sense for Alexa Bliss to do that. But best wishes to Alexa and, and Ryan Cabrera. Uh, you know, even the best fall down sometimes, Joel. And one day you will find that she and Ryan Cabrera collided. And when you collide, you have a baby. Oh, yeah, they collided. <laughs> did you see this? I, I, I know you did. So they released this info to multiple publications. And they posted it on all of their socials. Did you notice that they had a different photo for literally every single publication, every social media, every no. single variant? They had something. No. I didn't pay that much attention to that, Joel. I saw the announcement. And I was like, oh good for them someone do this story i'm going to the pool 
with my family. <laughs> that's right. And that's how I spent my day yesterday. So I did not look at every single publication that they sent this story to. I saw it. I saw it, I think on E and I was like, Hey, someone in the chat do this story and I'm going to the pool. And that was it. And I collided with the water and that doesn't sound right after uh, with the water in the pool. <laughs> did you enjoy the pool? It was nice. It could have been a little bit, uh, could have been a little bit hotter out. It would have been fine, but the, you know, the, the kids had a good time. That's all that matters. Joel, not, not me. I don't matter anymore. Uh, the anyway. kids are what okay. that matter. Anyway, congratulations to Alexa and to her husband, Ryan. They're, uh, they're, they're in for a treat. It's a, it's a, it's a long time, but it's a very, very, uh, it's a very fun time. It's a very challenging time. So good luck to them. She she said she'd like to come back. She said she has stuff she still wants to accomplish in wrestling. So who knows? Uh, we'll find out once uh, once she's ready. That's all that matters. It's going to be a while. It won't be until some point next year. So maybe she'll show up at the Royal Rumble. No, she's supposed to. She's doing like December, right? She's showing up at the Rumble. This is what we do. This is what wrestling. Knock fans. it off. And then you're going to have to bring on baby expert Cher again. And we're going to have yeah. to do a whole bit. Yeah. We're gonna have to do explain the how babies work. That's right. Explain we'll be how pregnancy time. works. That's right. This is how it goes. Anyway, uh, let's shift from, from impregnation to New Japan Wrestling. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's no better way to do that. Am I right? That sounds about right. You watch Tanahashi. One look at that man. You'll get pregnant, baby. You know how many, you know how many kids I've had just to, just looking at Tanahashi. Just yeah, it's a beautiful yep. man right there. Loaded card coming up on June the fourth. That's the Sunday at Osaka Joe Hall. New Japan Dominion is coming up. We're going to preview this with our good pal from New Japan Bread Club here on Fightful Overbooked and. From the Shining Wizards podcast, Matt's here. Hi, Matt. Hello, fellas. How are you? <laughs> I got him good. <laughs> I'm, uh, Hi, Matt. Hello. How you doing, buddy? I'm good. I I like pregnant talk. I don't know who's pregnant in New Japan, but we could we could uh speculate. Okay, Lance Archer. <sighs> Is he pregnant, or who did he get pregnant? Yes. Oh man, he definitely some stardom chick, probably Julia. They both have the braids, so oh, this is already going off. How, how many? Hold on. How many kids have you had due to just looking at Hiroshi Tanahashi? Me, none. I hate his hair. His hair's a big turn off. Thanks for joining us today, Matt. That was a great, great interview. Thanks for providing insights into New Japan Pro Wrestling. We will tolerate no Hiroshi Tanahashi slander on this this show. You, clear, you clearly have not listened to any of the bread. No, I have. I have. That's why I set it up because I saw some of the some of the chats. That's how I set it up, Matt. Come on now. I'm a professional. I'm His a hair is allegedly. awful. Allegedly. Matt is a Tana hater. Okay. We've already tana figured this out. He's a Tana hater. I've been very clear. I respect everything he's done in the industry. His hair sucks and his air guitar sucks. Wow. He plays one note. He just does this. Please, everybody, still watch New Japan Bread Club on this channel, despite Matt's terrible takes on Hiroshi Tanahashi, the goat. Just watch it for Kieran at this point. That's it. That's what everybody shows up for is Kieran. (laughs) I do get it. Anyway, welcome to the show. It's good to have you. There's plenty of New Japan to talk about because not only is Dominion coming up, but then they're also doing that All Together Again show that 
it feels like New Japan's putting more effort into promoting that than Dominion this weekend. Am I crazy? No, I think because New Japan, it, when you think of, of wrestling overseas in, in Japan, New Japan is is the number one company, and they have been for the last couple of years. Um, you know, Noah's a close second. All Japan's not terrible, but they're they're kind of behind on the streaming with the English commentary and such. So, um, you know, if, if it's kind of that if New Japan does well, then everybody else does well. Um you know, I'd love to sit here and tell you that I watch uh, Noah and All Japan. I just don't have the time. Um, you know, I've been in on the Wrestle Kingdom, the third stage, which they usually do uh, about a week after Wrestle Kingdom, where they bring in Noah versus New Japan. And that's super exciting. Uh, the Okada stuff this year has been off the charts uh, with Kiyomiya. But, you know, to, to, to those, those Noah shows are like six hours long. They're long. And I thought like AEW and New Japan shows were long, but those Noah shows are a chore, especially if you don't know a lot of these guys. Uh, when it comes to Dominion, well, let's focus on Dominion because the All Together show, it's a, it's a big show. New Japan is definitely doing good promotion with that. And it's always good when all these companies get together. But before all of that, we do have to get to Dominion. And this is a big show for New Japan. We got Sonata and Yoda Suji. In the main event, we have about 500 other title matches because all New Japan has is titles and title matches. What? How many titles do we think change hands on this show? Well, it's tough because you look back through the history of Dominion. Dominion's arguably the second biggest show of the year, and that's where you see a lot of title changes. The last three years, you've gone into Dominion. Uh, I think 2020, we had a vacant IWGP World Heavyweight Championship, so we had a new champion out of there. Uh, Evil beat Naito the next year, uh, and then Jay White last year beat Okada. So it seems like it's a, a changing of the guard. But with everything that they've done this year, uh, with Sonata and Suji being in the main event, being at his first match back from excursion, uh, it's hard to tell. You know, sometimes New Japan does stuff, and you think, ah, you know, I don't think Hiromu is going to beat Sonata, but it's a great matchup that we're going to get uh, at uh, Dantaku. But then they'll pull a fast one on you. So, like, I wouldn't be surprised if Jeff Cobb walked out TV champion as much as I hate to see that because I think Zack Sabre is doing a phenomenal job. Clearly, we're going to have new IWGP tag team champions. I'm dreading that it's going to be the House of Torture. Uh, just breaks my heart. My heart. Um, but yeah, you'll see. I think you'll see a couple. I, the IWGP Junior Title is the tag titles. That's that's a toss up. It could go either way. Both teams are phenomenal. So it'll be interesting to see the direction the New Japan goes with Forbidden Door and the G One on the horizon. Do you think Yoda Suji can pull the upset? Do you think they switch off Sonata this quickly and just go ahead and make Suji the guy? <sighs> It'd be a bold move. I I, I think the story is is Naito Sonata. You know, Sonata just decided to leave LIJ. Uh, and and I think the story is now uh, Sonata is going to tear through LIJ and Naito is going to go through just five guys. And I think, I think Naito comes out on top of the G1 and we get that at Wrestle Kingdom where Naito uh, kind of has his last hurrah as the champion. Feels like he should go through more than just five guys. I feel like he has to go through more than five. Well, yes, in the G1, he will probably, but you know, the, the crux of his, 
his issue is with uh, just five guys. But like only five guys. Just just those five. Just that stable. Who's on first? <laughs> What's on second? <laughs> so I had to go there. We got Claudio Castanoli coming to Japan and New Japan. We got Moxley returning to Japan. We're getting what what are your thoughts on this match? Are we getting um Blackpool Combat Club plus Shota as the new never open weight six man tag team champions? This one's super it's a very interesting layout because I think the bigger story um I think a lot of the Western fans love the idea of Moxley returning to Japan and Claudio debuting in New Japan is huge. I was as long as it wasn't Wheeler Yuta, I was happy. Uh because I just his what he did at the best of the super juniors last year was really flat for me. Uh, and I just I would love to see Claudio or, or Danielson over there. So I like this. I think the bigger story, though, is the Okada against the young guns against the Uminos and the Ren Naritas. And and if you've been following what they've been doing over there, Okada has been very ornery towards uh, to Umino uh, to the point where he's telling him the, the can I curse? Yeah. And now. Okay, yeah. I didn't. I didn't. You <laughs> on Bread Club? I have a mouth like a. I have a mouth like a sailor. When when, you know, Okada is telling him to go get your, your your fuck boy and and all this crazy stuff to Umino about Moxley. Like this is a side of Okada we've never seen. With the Forbidden Door in the future, you know, I could see it. Maybe if you throw him on the Blackpool Combat Club, then then Okada's got to chase Umino. Um, you know, and there's dissension with Ishii and, and Tanahashi. They they aren't the biggest fans of each other so it's a very interesting six man i i think we're gonna have a lot of fun with this but i'm really interested to see the way the okada umino story plays out i'm kind of curious how this particular six guys factor into the forbidden door match because i've been saying and i know there's a pushback ishii tanahashi and okada versus house of black doing that match for forbidden door seems like a fun match for me i don't know how you feel about that matt I, I, you know what? I, anytime you can get th- those three guys from New Japan and the House of Black in a ring together, I think it's just going to be fun. Yeah. Who doesn't want to see Brody King clash with Big Tom Ishii or Okada and Malachi Black and Buddy Matthews? I mean, uh, with anybody, he could move as quick as a cat. I think it'd be a lot of fun. I think Forbidden Door is going to be a very exciting time uh, where you get to see a lot of these dream matches. So if you're a uh, if you're not familiar with New Japan, definitely uh, you know get ready for that because that's going to be a lot of fun. I applaud your commitment to the bit for not mentioning Tanahashi in that uh, of that <laughs> the three of those uh, men in that in that tag match in the open weight championship match. Anyway, go ahead. Look, man, he's all. I don't know what you want, but he's he he can hang. He's going to do you know his. Uh, Him and Buddy are going to have hair off. Him and Buddy Matthews are going to have a hair off. Buddy Matthews greater hair than. Tanahashi. Also, to be fair, Umino, his hair is fucking atrocious too. <laughs> it's awful. And if he carries two jackets with him, just pick a jacket, bro. It, it's it's cold. It's, it's cold. You sometimes you need two jackets. I don't understand what's what's wrong with this. One jacket might feel a little bit better than the other one. One jacket keeps you a little bit more warm. Sometimes you need the the big bulky one of like, oh, it's really cold out. I need this one. Sometimes it's just a little light out, but you know you're still you're still not warm enough, so you need that lighter jacket. I got two jackets too. You have to dress in layers, especially Why are you the jacket police, Matt? On the way to the ring, put a t-shirt on then, dude. I don't know what to tell you. Gatekeeping jackets over here. 
It bottom half is two why, jackets. Well, I don't know why he's carrying two. Stop it, Nelly. I don't know why he's carrying two jackets with him. It's stupid. Uh, it seems like we're going to get Osprey and, and Omega. Osprey, we all kind of figure he's beating Archer on Sunday. And then we, we get Osprey and Omega likely at Forbidden Door. How do you... What do you make of the blending of New Japan AEW going into Forbidden Door and the stories? Because last year it could get a little messy going into Forbidden. I don't know injuries played a factor, um, but it could get a little messy. Like, what, how are you feeling this year? Do you think they might have a better grasp on things? I think it's a it's a hard line to toe because you have two promotions. They clearly want both of their respective talents to look good, so it's hard to have like. You're not going to have Sonata go in there and beat a top AEW guy, right? And you're not going to have MJF go in there and beat a top New Japan guy because it just, it's a one off. It's like a PWG show, right? So you're going to see a, a lot of tag team matches, probably Sonata and a couple guys from just five guys against, like, I don't know, the Blackpool Combat Club or so. You know, I'm just throwing shit against the wall. There'll be a couple stories. Uh, obviously, you mentioned Osprey and Omega. That'll be huge. It'll be interesting to see what they do with with Zach and Brian Danielson. Cause we didn't get that last year because uh, Danielson was hurt. So we got Zach and Claudio. Um, and if Zach's, you know, if Zach is losing the TV title at dominion, then there's no title there. So they can just have a great fun wrestling match. And I don't think anyone's worse for wear losing that match outside of that. It's tough, man. Cause you're, you know, wrestlers wrestling's full of egos. So, you want to make everybody happy and you want to put on a great show, but at the same time, like, you know, who, who, who benefits the most from, you know, orange Cassidy beating, uh, I don't know, beating, uh, Zach Sabre jr. Yeah. Like, dude, I don't know. The, the orange Cassidy beating Tanahashi. I'm in for it. Let's do it. That'd be a great match though. That would be cool. I would absolutely rule. Kidding me? Tanahashi doing some Orange Cassidy spots and stuff would be fantastic. Put the hands in the pocket. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at us. Do you think Orange Cassidy be like the drummer while Tanahashi's doing the air guitar? Drums take too much energy. He wouldn't do it. He's probably the. Was he the singer? He played the recorder, the bass player. Yeah, we are pretty lazy singers. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Sometimes we use three. Sometimes four. Usually three. I don't, play, I don't play bass air guitar. I don't know how to stick to what I do. <laughs> wow. can't believe that. Well, I don't know how to play. I'm not going to embarrass myself like Tanahashi. Oh, my God. This Tanahashi slander. I can't can't stand it. Cannot. Cannot stand it. Can't. I'll tell you this. who I have no slander for is Master Watto. Now, a year ago when I started the Bread Club with Kieran, not a big Master Watto fan, but I've turned. He's turned a lot of people with his Best of Super Juniors performance. You know what? And uh, and his road into Wrestle Kingdom, he had a great showing into four way with uh, Despi and Ishimori, uh, and and El- and uh, Hiromu. So I'm ex- I think he walks out of Dominion, the new IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion. I- I've you know screamed it from the mountains, and I think Kieran's with me. I think we're I think we're done with Hiromu. I think Hiromu. Hiromu. Being- being they just face. always go to Hiromu. Yeah, they always go yeah. to Hiromu whenever they just need, oh, okay, we need somebody to basically carry the division. Here's Hiromu. I hope so. And I like Hiromu, but I hope, I'd like to actually see him in the, the heavyweight ranks because every time he's gone up there, he's done great. 
Um, so I'd like to see him move up and we do need kind of a new injection into the junior heavyweight ranks. Yeah, and you know what? It wouldn't hurt either if him and like Teton became a tag team and they went into the super junior tournament as a tag team because we could use some some fresh teams there. Um, but I, I think, you know, Hiromu being the face of the division, there's only so many times he can win the best of the super juniors and then be the IWG, IWGP junior heavyweight champion before it's like, all right, enough, dude. So I am excited for this. This uh, The whole way the best of the super juniors turned out was very exciting because it seems like New Japan is turning a page and, and they're kind of moving away from Hiromu and Despi. Uh, and Ishimori, unfortunately, with his injury. But you're seeing Wado and Teton and Mike Bailey had a great showing. Um, so it, it's exciting to see what happens after Dominion. I mean, what if Takahashi drops it and then he goes after the uh, the Never Openweight Championship, right? David Finley's got that title. He's going to defend it against uh, ELP. Come on. Why not uh, Hiromu in uh, Never? I'm all for it. Let him go. You know, as if, he, if it gets him away from the juniors and and... And he can uh, he can up his game. I'm not against it. Uh, that'd be a very interesting clash with Finley and Hiromu. Finley, I also hate. Just in case you guys were curious. Um, and why would you say that? Why would I say I hate David Finley? Why do you hate David Finley? Look, man. <laughs> here's my problem with the fans of wrestling. Right. Everything. You had Jay White. You <laughs> had Jay White. Right. And you fucking cheered. You cheered when he lost in Japan to Hikaleo. Then he came to the States and you all cheered for Eddie Kingston to beat him. And he did. And now he's gone. All right. I was in D.C. and Philadelphia for those New Japan shows. People want Jay White back in the bull club. Well, guess what? You fucked up. You let him go. Now we're left with this dude who's going through a midlife crisis. He dyed his hair. He picked up a shillelagh. He's on a motorcycle. He thinks he's the leader of the bullet club now. It's a farce. Yeah, but what happens, what happens when Finn Juice gets back together? The rock art is in Bullet Club Gold. He's not coming back. He's out. Stuck with Clark Connors, who I love. I can't believe he turned his back on us. Your fucking house of torture. The Bullet Club is shambles. Shambles of what it used to be. You go to these new Japan shows, people want it too sweet. You know, this is not the Bullet Club that we know. Garbage. Hot garbage. You kick out ELP. What's wrong with you, David Finley? Matt got so hot. Completely. (laughs) Great. I'm a crazy. I told you this would be the last time I'm ever invited to do anything. I'm a maniac. (laughs) I appreciate that. I really do. Makes me look great by comparison. I mean, I don't disagree with the Bullet Club take. Honestly, the, the New Japan version of Bullet Club is no knock on David Finley, but we've gone from Finn Balor to AJ Styles to Kenny Omega to Jay White to David Finley. Like, what's what's happening here? With uh, This is not my Bullet Club. Not my Bullet Club. And they do have Bullet Club gold that seems to... Maybe they'll have a big Forbidden Door Bullet Club match at, at, at Forbidden Door to for the rights to Bullet Club. And then the Young Bucks will win, so they can't get a cease and desist anymore. That's where it all ends. Young Bucks winning the bullet, the name of the Bullet Club. I'm, I'm here for it. And look, to be fair, I don't like David Finley, but he is doing what he said he's gonna. He's it's a new wrinkle to the Bullet Club. It's meaner. It's nastier. Clark Connors fits beautifully. I know there was a tease with Gabe Kidd uh, at the Philadelphia show, which I think I would really like to see, but. Um, 
overall, uh, Tanahashi's hair greater than David Finley's Bullet Club. Okay, we, we have a question from or a super chat from someone who just says, please spend this time making Matt rank wrestling hair. So if you would like to rank wrestling hair, wrestling hair, you got to do some 80s, 80s Sorry. only. Like Magnum TA number one, and that's it. You gotta you gotta pick 81. <laughs> what is the top Ooh. hair in wrestling or wrestling? The best hair in yeah. wrestling Naito. Easy. Some stringy ass bullshit hair. I wish I, I wish I could grow my hair just where it's like perfect and then I just put a cap sit right on top of it. It's majestic. Where does where does Seth Rollins hair rank at? CrossFit Jesus has nice hair. Yeah. It's good. Probably uses some Pantene Pro V. <laughs> Joel, you got any you get hair? Who, who who has some good hair here? AJ Styles still has good hair. He's got. Oh, some he hair. does have a nice head of hair. Yeah, that's good. Looking good. Who else? Who else looks good with that hair these days? You know what? Bad hair. John Cena's got bad hair. Yeah, wearing that hat all them years. Cardona. I yeah, I can't argue with that. King yeah. of the death matches. Yeah, king king of the death match and the the powder in the hair. That gimmick he talks about. He's talked about it, so I'm not spreading any the, the salacious rumors. He's talked about the stuff that he puts in his head to cover up. He, he did. It's, it's been said. Who who, who has some of, some of the best hair of all time? Like Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels had some good hair. Ron, no, Shawn Michaels. Clearly, see, I got the Hitman shirt on. I got no love for Cyclops. Scott oh, Hall. Wow. Scott, Scott Hall, Hall did have hair. really good hair. That jet yeah. black hair. Just. Ugh. Gross, but great. Brian Pillman Jr. is a good one, although he's no, kinda... he's not. His hair is awful. <laughs> it's getting weird. He's been coloring it strangely. It's not good. Griff Garrison, though, whoever that is, I heard he has good hair. Oh, he does have nice hair. Who? Macho Man had terrible yeah. hair. Oh, that's right. But he had the voice, so it didn't matter how he. I can't do the voice right now. It's not. Yeah, but the voice Edge. and the hair have nothing to do with each other. That's true. Edge Edge has had a lot of different hairstyles. They've all been terrible. But. Well, one got him a, a shampoo commercial, so clearly uh, he's got so. great hair. True. Jeff Who, Jarrett has good hair. He Jeff does. Jarrett still he does. has good yeah. hair. Yeah. That hair ages like his wrestling, just like fine wine, baby. Karen Jeff. Karen Jarrett also married him for that hair. Left, left. You think so? Yeah, well, I mean, she left a guy who didn't have any hair. So. That's also true. Who has the better hair out of FTR? Cash. Okay. Cash has hair. Dex doesn't have anything. So bald is a choice. He's got, he's got facial hair. Yeah. Tully. Tully's not. Where is Tully? What's Tully doing? Tully's got a church to go maintain or somewhere. <laughs> jungle Tully's boy. It, like jungle man. Yeah. Jungle. Jungle young adult. <laughs> he's a man now. He's with Anna J. Right. Still is that still a thing? That doesn't really make you a man. Anyway, continue. That does make you a man. You got to handle that. He's a man, jungle man. Like 23, this feels weird. <laughs> Who's 20? Jungle Jack? Or Carlito's a good shout, by the way. The, Carlito's Carlito. here. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I never focus on the good hair, so now I'm like looking around my office to see who has good hair. Adam um, Cole? I feel like Adam Cole's guy. He got very wet hair. Very I would wet say, hair. Yeah, I would say Britt's got the better hair of the two of them. Fair. 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 Yeah. yeah. So Rick Flair has great hair. He's always had good hair. Mm. No, no, it's really because he got a platinum blonde diet, and it's just not. 
No. And it's sad now. It's like sad, stringy old man hair now. Yeah, he's like 70-something years old. He looks like a melted candle. What about um, Cody? Does Cody have better blonde or brown when he just pops himself to do a Superman bit? No, you got to stay with the blonde. The brown is terrible. <laughs> it's funny because when he went blonde, people shot on that for days. People just like to hate Cody. It's very sad. People just like Cody's to hate period. Be better wrestling fans. You're not a real wrestling fan unless you do all the things that Cameron Hawkins says you need to do. Oh, Tyrus, a... terrible, terrible hair for Tyrus, by the way. Just, you could have just stopped the terrible. <laughs> Matt, give us a bold prediction for Dominion. Oh, man. A bold prediction. Or an even bolder prediction for your G1 Climax winner for 2023. Go with that. That's fair. Because they're going to announce the participants at uh, Dominion. I think I think Naito. I think the story is Naito Sonata. Um, and I think we're going to give Sonata a nice run through, through the summer and into Wrestle Kingdom. I don't know if it is... I think they're trying to avoid what they did last year with Jay White and Okada. Right, because Osprey Omega clearly was was head and shoulders above that, and and the Jay White Okada story had kind of been beaten to death. So, I think Naito is the clear cut winner of the G One. Stories there, the history's there. Kevin Kelly and Chris Charlton do a great job explaining it uh, as we'll we'll go through the G One. Uh, I'd love to I'd love to see like a bad dude Tito show up in the G One. Um, I know it's I know it's probably a dream, but uh, but Kota Ibushi would be great if he showed up at the G One. I doubt he will because I mean I don't know I don't know Brian Danielson in the G One would be cool. Danielson's got to help write Collision. He ain't got time to do the G One. I mean, he can raise got the internet in Japan. He can write it. I was gonna say TK runs on like twenty four hour clock. He could just <laughs> telecommute into anything. He's fine. Yeah, I guess so. Sure, sure. The, come on, Danielson reads three books at once. You think he can't stay up 24 hours a day to help TK write a show on Saturdays? Come on. <laughs> Danielson sending notes while he's got uh while he's got Naito in in a knee bar or something, sending notes over to collision. It'd be great. Matt, thank you for joining us. Let everybody know where they can find you at. Uh, the Wizards podcast is every Monday night live uh, at Wizards Podcast across all platforms. Uh, it's very much like this interview, a lot of, uh, nonsense from me. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, we have a good time. We don't take wrestling too seriously. And then every other week, uh, Tuesday or Wednesday, uh, new Japan bread club with Kieran drops on fightful overbooked. Um, and we are so thankful, Jeremy, that you gave us the opportunity to do this. Uh, cause we have such a good time. Kieran's like the man. Uh, I'm blessed to to have him as my partner. And he deals with me for like an hour and change of just crazy, nonsensical bullshit. So uh, God bless him. And uh, yeah, that's where you can find us. You can check us out uh, every other week on Fightful Overbook, talking all things New Japan with the New every- Japan for Kieran and me. Everyone, uh, go follow Matt yeah, at Wizards Podcast. And oh, thank you guys for the content that, that you provide yeah. on this channel uh, with, with New Japan Bread Club. Like, if you don't watch New Japan or if you're new to New Japan or you just want to stay up to date on New Japan, 
I think Bread Club, I'm biased, but I think Bread Club is the best podcast out there because Matt is very informative despite his Tanahashi takes and Kieran knows everything about everything when it comes to New Japan. He is just a wealth of knowledge when it comes to that. So I appreciate you guys and all the, you guys are always very timely with everything. Kieran gives me the thumbnail. You send me the show and sometimes it's about an 18 gigabyte file. Uh, so it takes me about five hours to download. Just send uh, it but- to me. That would take no time. I could do that upload. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, I'll start sending it to you, Joel. You can start take- uploading this it stuff. It would take but- 18 minutes. I swear to God. <laughs> guys are consistent uh you guys are always great with uh the the content and i appreciate it i appreciate all the contributors but yeah when i wanted to do a new japan podcast on this platform you and karen reached out and i don't think you guys have like ever talked or interacted before that and i was like what do you think of this and you're like oh sure well give it a shot because i really like the work of, of both you guys and it was actually uh kate who who was like hey let, let matt go like you know i think i think he'd be really good at this like okay and i was like oh i really like kieran so let's see how this works and i think it's been great so everyone check out new japan bread club if you have not listened to or watched that podcast yet don't feed kate's ego please i try not to oh, i really try not to yeah terrible she sucks can i ask yeah. one last question before we get you out of here matt absolutely when you had kevin kelly on your show before uh wrestle kingdom where was he? Uh, he was in his home in Pennsylvania. Okay, he was in the basement, though. He looked like he was in yeah. a bunker. Yeah, he's in his office. Okay, good for him. <laughs> well, good why wouldn't you? He didn't do anything wrong. I just watched the, <laughs> I watched the episode, and I'm just like, where the hell is Kevin Kelly? And why does he look different? And the reality was, like, he was not being, like, working New Japan shows in a suit, Kevin Kelly. He was just like hanging out in a t-shirt kevin kelly in his basement so good for him go watch that preview episode it was very good a lot of a lot of people showed up to that episode oh yeah that was a lot of fun it was matt we appreciate it everyone go follow him at wizards podcast check out the shining wizards uh, podcast on mondays check out new japan bread club every other week here on this channel matt thank you again enjoy the rest of your day enjoy dominion this weekend and then all together again and then forbidden door and the road to the g1 thank you guys so much for your time and i'm gonna stay tuned for the big announcement when i when i sign off out of here I'm very everyone excited. it's coming up in like seven minutes everybody big announcement yes here we go let's go seven minutes big announcement do you want to talk about the other alleged big announcement that's happening today tonight joel yeah so last night aw announced that tony khan is another big announcement for collision everyone is going wild and saying it's it's cm punk he's going to make the announcements uh i am of the belief that it's not cm punk i think uh i think the tease will be there no i'm serious i'm serious i don't think it's going to be punk i think it's going to be okay Uh, so so the joke in me first of all you got to get your your hats out for for the uh for the owen Kyrie sane's coming yeah yeah Kyrie's coming no i i don't have a mobster hat so i gotta use one of these. This makes my kid laugh whenever I put it on. So hold he started on, hold doing. On, hold on. I got you one better. I got you one better. Here we go. Okay, yeah. Let's go. Oh yeah, perfect. Okay, yeah, I remember that. What, what did we use that for? That was for a bit. I don't know. Yeah, it was on a uh, Newsworthy. Remember that show? Was, yeah, I think it was a Mickey James bit. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I think it has something to do with the um, with the uh, the announcement of the Owen. I think that it's going to be when it commences, and that it will run exclusively on collision might have a few names announced but 
I don't think it's going to be. I don't think it's going to be Punk. I think they're really going to wait until the the episode of to play it just like they did with, with Rampage. The worst kept secret in wrestling again. I hope. I hope that uh, the announcement is we're coming to Chicago. We're going to have a great show in Chicago with AEW Collision. And we're bringing in an ROH legend who is a native of Chicago, everybody. He also had stints with WWE. He's one of Chicago's favorite sons. He's signed to AEW. He's going to be live on Collision June 17th. Mike Bennett. Mike Bennett live on Collision June 17th. Got throwing a Maria thing in there. I thought, as I, well. thought, I thought Bennett was from Boston. Nah, he's from Chicago now. Sky Blue is the right the right answer, <laughs> by the way. He's gonna bring out Sky Blue and CM Punk's gonna come and beat the shit out of her. Boston, Chicago, same thing. You know, whatever. Yeah, I'm pretty sure his whole gimmick is like Boston. Like Boston eh. strong. Well, Chicago's strong, baby. Goldberg will be at the first collision. That'd be big, honestly. I mean, People would... like to knock on Goldberg, but like that'd be pretty big. Goldberg, you think Goldberg will work uh, after the Jewish Sabbath? He must, but it's uh, I guess it's late enough. Dude, Goldberg's working all in, brother. I I think so, and I hope it's Goldberg and Wardlow versus Hobbs and who knows who. I was gonna say Hobbs and QT, but like I don't. I think feel like they're trying to get away from that. This hat's gonna fall off my. I can't hold my headphones, and this hat stay on. It's you can, too, you can take off the hats. It's too annoying. All right. No, that guy's not working for AEW ever. Hate to, I mean, I don't hate to break it to you, but that's not happening. Sorry. Yeah, he thinks he's cleared soon, doesn't he? I have no idea. I don't keep up with it. I just, I read the headline and not the story because the headline does not interest me. So I don't care to read the story after that. Yeah, the, the, the Owen stuff to me feels like a Canadian exclusive for Collision because basically all of Collision in the summer is going to be in Canada. <laughs> like, well, for the first, the first was it five out of six episodes or six out of se- or six out of seven, whatever it is. They're starting in Chicago, and then there's going to be a whole trip of Canadian dates, and then the Prudential Center, and they're finishing off in Calgary at the Saddle Dome. It feels like we're going to get another Owen announcement too. Extrapolate. Okay, why? But they, but it's pertaining to the first episode of Collision, right? Which is start. in. Then the first What's episode. That? Then it's going to start at the first episode of Collision. But then and it's it, not in Canada. Then the, the own starts in Chicago. You're right. So my point really was that the idea that it will be a, a collision exclusive, the entirety of the Owen, less the Canada thing. I think it's more, it's more that the, the fact that collision is going to be primarily in Canada for the first few episodes that they're going to run it through collision. Exclusively. It's Tony Khan will make an announcement about the debut, the debut of collision. Oh, the announcement about this. So it has to be something about that show. So yeah, if it's, that show will kick off the Owen Hart cup and the Owen Hart cup is starting in, it's a Canada thing that shows in Chicago. No, it's ending in Canada. It's ending in Chicago or sorry. It's ending in Calgary. They haven't announced when it's I supposed to start unless they said the it whole thing. Start. It starts forbidden door weekend. Is doesn't it? it? They say that officially. Hold on. I'll go back to the, the opening. So- ceremonies I was looking thing. at the hat i was so enamored by the hat clearly and the fact oh, it just says they will the finals will conclude july 15th 
it doesn't like fully say when it's supposed to be starting. At least I can't find it. Maybe someone else. Uh, SP3 is saying that it's definitely that. That it's definitely what? A forbidden door week when the Owen starts. I haven't seen yeah, that. Yeah, that's what I thought. I haven't seen it. I'm not I'm not disagreeing with anyone. I'm just saying I, I hadn't seen it. Um, but anyway, I just I feel like it's part of that. The tournament is set to begin in Canada during AEW. I, I clicked the wrong article. I should have clicked the article that I wrote. Uh, the tournament is set to begin in Canada during Forbidden Door weekend. See, you're you're trying to just talk yourself into it not being a CM Punk thing. And I think a lot of people are going to do this. I don't think it I think should a be. lot of people. I'm not saying it should be, honestly. Like, I'm okay if they don't announce CM Punk. They've largely sold out the building. Like they've largely sold it out. They, they've got like a little over a thousand left, I think, according to to WrestleTix. So they've largely sold it out. You announce the main event. I think that could be the announcement: is you announce the main event match, and then you get a big match on the board, and it's like, oh, okay, and you tease CM Punk in some way. You don't have to outright say it, but you do a big enough tease to where it's assured that he's going to be there. You don't have to outright do the CM Punk announcement though i think i think if the announcement is anything that is not cm punk then it is like, i don't disagree with that uh totally why are you like clicking it like i that? need i need people to see that over and over and over again because it's true stop announcing shit every week just leave it on the thing if you keep doing it no one can read it good that's anyway, fine. Chat. it's cool i think you can announce like the main event for this show and that can be the announcement. Otherwise, it's it's probably it's it's a CM Punk thing. Like I think it's I think it's somehow related to CM Punk. Maybe the announcement is like show up to Chicago United Center AW Collision, and I promise Mindy's Bakery is catering the whole thing, and you'll get a free muffin if you come to this show. And it's like there's your wink nod to to CM Punk that he's going to. Well, be there. I don't know. I, we'll see. Uh, I just saw this. So remember we keep talking about this Girls Next Door show that they're doing Forbidden Door Morning? Yes. Smash and Femme Fatale. They just announced it's going to be Mercedes Martinez versus Masha Slamovich. Ooh, First time match. ever. I am looking forward to that. I will be there. Hopefully you all join me, by the way. That's, that's a Forbidden Door Morning. It's going to be at 11.30 a.m. Eastern at the Toronto Rec Room. I'm not even getting paid to say this. I just keep bringing it up because this show sounds bonkers, and I'm looking forward to it. Once they announced Mercedes Martinez and Masha Slamovich, I was like, well, now i got to talk about this show incessantly until it happens. Uh, yeah, I don't know. They, they can announce who's in the Owen Cup. That could be the big Oh, it, the announcement says it's pertaining to the debut episode. Yeah, so what are they going to do? They're going to make an announcement. They're going to make an announcement of like, stay tuned to the first episode of Collision where we announce where where we announce who's going to be in AEW or who's in the own cup. Like, no, stop it. You stop. realize that that's exactly what they would do. I mean, sure, but stop it. They're going to do it. It's going to be great. You're doing, you're doing great, sweetie. Anyway, we're just about done here. Uh, is there anything else we got to touch on for tonight? Is there anything big happening on Dynamite that's really worth it other than the announcement of the announcement? Oh, Jericho and certain. No, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> the announcement is what we're going to talk about. I have a big announcement, Joel. I said 11.59, but we are running. No Eggman. Machines are rolling. Yeah, I don't have to make the announcement anymore. Big announcement, Joel. Here, here we go. Everybody ready? 
Everybody for, ready for this? Let's throw it now to Jeremy Lambert. Here's Adam Cole. Come on in here, Adam, and make this big announcement. Friday show. Why? No. Oh, geez. It's a big announcement. Thanks. Friday show. Okay. We've done a very good job of booking guests for this show. I, I think like every single episode we've had some type of guest for this show, right? Like um, I'm pretty sure we haven't done just like a solo us show the entire time. That changes on Friday. We are doing just us. No guest on Friday. No guest, but I promise surprises. I promise surprises on Friday show. We don't have an official guest, but I promise there will be a lot of surprises on Friday show. And we're going to celebrate, even though his birthday is technically tomorrow, we're going to celebrate Joel Pearl's birthday oh on Friday. And we're going to have a lot of surprises on Friday's show. No official guest, but surprises. This seems bad. How am I going to prepare for this? You're not. Okay, so the rundown for the show is just going to be people pop on, talk talk to Joel for his birthday? No, we're going to talk about wrestling and stuff. But throughout the show, we're going to hit the music and we're going to do run-ins. You got to hit the music first, you know, to to... Make, so everybody knows that they're coming. So we're going to hit the music and we're going to have surprises. You don't know who's going to show up. I got I got at least one, one name that is just, I don't know how I did it. But people for some reason like me. And I'm very proud that I got this. I hope I, I should say this and now they're not going to show up. But I got a big name. I got a big name who is scheduled to show up on Friday for this surprise. I swear to God, it better not be Sean in a hat. That'd be hilarious. It would be, it would be awful. Uh, I don't even have Sean planned. I don't have Sean planned at no, all. No, he just kind of shows up whenever he has Yeah, eggs. he typically just shows up. I assume he'll show up. No, I got a big name, though. I have, I, have, I have a giant name showing up on Friday to say happy birthday. I, I guess I, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, we'll be back on on Friday, 10 a.m. No, no planned guests. No, no, yeah, no officially announced guests. So everything will be uh, forbidden door style. We'll have people right. come. I guess no announcements. I I, no guests. I need people to understand right now that like I'm not in on this at all. Like I'm not. Like I'm. I'm scared. Is what I am. Nobody's so. nobody's in on this except for me. When I came up with this idea yesterday. <laughs> Yeah, the only person who's in on this. That sounds about right. So uh, I guess till then, Jeremy, do you have anything else to plug when we get out of here? Uh, Watch all the shows on this channel. Go watch Tag Talk for Monday. It was a fantastic episode with Haley and Kylie. I did a run-in. I I boycotted Cinnabon because just, oh, you know what? The wife is so much better at this than me here's behind the scenes stuff she says it would have been fun to make up a fake rundown for friday and then completely throw it out and mess him up that's legitimately what i should have done which should have been like you know who we're getting on the show but then like i don't want to make a guest look bad of like oh they didn't come on like this that sucks type of type of thing but a fake rundown would have been would have been good i don't want to lie to the audience though i don't want to vince mcmahon this thing i want tony Khan this thing Okay, that's fair. I get it. Announcements about announcements. Yeah, well, I made an announcement. I made an announcement yeah. the Friday show. No guest, but surprises. You don't know what the surprises are. We're going to have surprises. Well, 
All right. I'm ready for the surprise. Uh, do we have anything else to plug for you? The spotlight? Friday, 10 a.m. Eastern. Watch this show as we celebrate Joel Pearl's birthday a day late. Here, I'll make another announcement. Joel, oh, okay. I'll make another announcement. Sure, why not? I'm going to be nice to you on your birthday. On my birthday or the day after on the show? On your birthday. Okay, so tomorrow. Okay. Thursday. June the 1st. On your nice birthday. My birthday. I will be nice to you. Okay. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll remember that. I'm largely announcing that I will not be tweeting tomorrow. Yeah, that's what that, that, that tracks. Anyway, uh, thanks again to Megabyte Ronnie. And thanks again to Matt from, uh, from Shining Wizards and from New Japan Bread Club for joining us today. Rather good show. Tremendous show. Yada, yada, yada. Go watch Dynamite at 8 p.m. Eastern on TBS and so on and so forth. I'm doing Jeremy's bit because why not? Until then, I am at Joel Pearl, J-O-E-L-P-E-R-L. We'll back on Friday. I will be around Thursday night on the main channel again, talking Impact Wrestling with Cresta Star, who was phenomenal and better than me in every way, but that's just the way it goes. Until then, ladies, gentlemen, friends beyond the binary, we'll see you in the next one. Cheers. Thanks to the great fans of In the Weed!